Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a distracted podcast where we're about to make up for mistakes and uh, being incapable of recording for a pretty decent while for this episode in particular. Because unlike Spider-Man, we're good at, we're bad at keeping commitments. With great power comes great responsibility is a lesson we've definitely not learned. <laughs> at least not me. With pandemics come weak immune systems. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Co- and a lot of work at the store. Yeah. I'm CJ. I'm Elijah. I'm Alec. And, uh, well, uh, the long-awaited... Thank you, Connor. (laughs) (laughs) The long-awaited episode reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home. Exciting. Um, uh, But first, uh, to sort of dovetail with the previous episode, because, Alec, you were unfortunately sick. I was, yep. How could you? the, The COVID got me. The vid. Yeah. The vid. The Rona. Like, I'm pretty sure the microphone we will pick us up if we're able to, like, look at each other, because I can look at the waveform, so I think we're good to do this. Cool, cool. Excellent, yes. um, I spoke with Elijah a little bit about the the Activision Blizzard purchase that Microsoft did. However, in the week since last episode, Sony has purchased Bungie. Crazy, right? Oh, boy. It's it's very weird. Like this isn't the episode for it. This is probably going to be maybe the next news roundup, or maybe discussing sort of like we did with comic books, video games, and the modern age. What do they mean to us? What does it mean in the market overall? Like, like, what does that mean th- for things moving forward? But then, just like, do video games deserve to be these hydras of? <laughs> mega corporations making all the media right yeah i, I definitely have some thoughts on it oh um, yeah I mean... the, the purchases in general i have lots of thoughts on to be sure i have lots of fears me as well i just it's it's very surreal living in a world in which microsoft owns bungie and sony um or uh, sony owns bungie and microsoft owns crash bandicoot uh very weird <laughs> It is backwards. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and since the purchase, as far as an update on that, um, uh, Sledgehammer Games, Treyarch, and Infinity Ward all said that they're going to quit doing uh, annual releases because their teams are thoroughly exhausted. Gee, it's almost as if as if yearly releases are not only a bad idea for your employees, but also just a really bad idea in general. I think so. Um, I, I'm part of the reason I haven't played a Call of Duty game seriously in so long is because it's, they're just impossible to keep up with. Mm. There's so many metas that change with each incremental update, as well as these are games that are released incomplete for yeah. the most part. Yeah, that's why I just on principle refuse to buy them. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally get that. I mean, I don't really think... I do think that... Uh, Moving forward, seeing a Call of Duty game that actually takes time to make every you know one comes out every three or four years is mm-hmm. definitely you know how they the originally way to do it. were. How they originally back when were, they gave yeah. a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, back when they gave a shit when they were uh, competing with Medal of Honor of all things. I, yeah, isn't that funny? Oh, how man, things that, have changed. That takes me back. <laughs> and the original Battlefield, nineteen forty one to nineteen forty two, and even a little bit of Halo they were competing yeah. with. I definitely remember uh, many an Xbox live chat of people in Call of Duty. Talking about Halo, people in Halo talking about Call of Duty, usually negatively. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of um, um, that's the fuck one's mother or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, what? a lot of that. 
Yeah. I wasn't there for that part. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> the more things revert back to the swamp from which they came. Yeah. So, as far as uh, others who are who may be participating in this podcast, we have three audience members. Say technically hi, entrapped. <laughs> technically entrapped. Yes. We've forced them into this situation. Mostly well, because of, of opportunity. Yeah. Well, one of them lives here, so... <laughs> yeah. So, we have Brianna, once again. Hello. We also have Emma. Heyo. And Kira. Never mind. We okay. don't have Kira. My apologies. They're nonverbal. All right. Uh, strike that from the record. I'm a liar. I, I'm, a, I'm a compulsive yeah. liar. <clears throat> so. Spider-Man, No Way Home probably take some time discuss it in a spoiler free sort of uh avenue in case anyone in the future is just like you know what i was five when that show came out and like this podcast i've been listening from the beginning i want to hear their ancient opinions yeah <laughs> um, even though two two of them two of them were found murdered in the gutter soon after yes very much so and no one found cj in cancun um oh is that where he went <laughs> yes so um take that true crime podcast <laughs> So, uh, general thoughts? Uh, I, I could go first. Um, yeah, sure, we'll just go yeah. on a row. Sounds I, good. I will try and make it short and sweet because there's a lot to say, uh, spoiler-wise, but um, non-spoiler, very quickly, uh, I think this movie's fantastic. Um, it might not be the best Spider-Man movie, but it sure as hell gets close. Um, I think there's something to be said about <clears throat> just how much of an accomplishment a film like this is in this day and age and um i think if you you're even mildly a spider-man fan you should go see this movie and uh, i think to bounce off of that i think this movie is i agree a damn near perfect spider-man film but i think it may be a perfect marvel movie that might be a point of contention and argument but we'll get we'll get there it's a kind of a controversial point given that the releases of Marvel films that we've had since last year and going into this year have sort of been lukewarm to completely miss the mark in regards to reception. I mean, we've had we have we had four movies that had very different reception. Yeah. Yeah, generally speaking, definitely. Oh yeah, that's right, I forgot one. We'll we'll get into that. Yeah, no um, no one no one remembers Shang-Chi. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, this is one of the few uh, Marvel films where I genuinely uh, felt as shaken by the story and the way it goes as much as I did with Endgame. And Endgame was like for me like peak Marvel movie mm-hmm. because yeah. of a lot of the setups and the payoffs that they had from Infinity War. That's right. Yeah, definitely some Endgame vibes to this. Kind of like Spider-Man Endgame. I feel like it sort of sets up the right. the next transition in Phase 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Now me. So I think this is probably one of the best... I think this is probably the best Spider-Man movie we've had on, a, from th- on every single level. It's very strong technically. Spider-Man's character is very clear and consistent all throughout, and his actions are very logical. They make sense for the character, as has been established in the first two Spider-Man movies. And I think that this is definitely a film that takes advantage of the, of the setup, of the nature of those two films... To also deliver a very strong, very touching, very emotional message that is very well earned. 
I would also argue that not only is this probably the best Spider-Man, but also pro movie that we've had, I think it's also probably the best Marvel movie we've had wow. in recent memory. Wow. memory. That is, honest to God, my stance, but I will say this one caveat to it. It only becomes the best Spider-Man movie uh, about uh, after about 25-ish minutes. Yep, okay. And that'll—that's one of those things where I can't talk about it without it ha without go getting into spoil spoilers. So I will say this: you'll have a good time. You may not be so hot on the open on the opening, but I don't think it's enough to tank the overall experience. Cool. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good solid statement. That's I can a, definitely see what you're not saying. Not a lot, of, not a lot of controversy there. I think we have a lot of good, <laughs> a lot of good talking points to get into the front end of this film. You've obviously never met. High, you've obviously never watched high top reviews. So freaking no, psychopath. No, I, I, I've watched a few of them. He does. He hates this movie. That's wild, really. Yeah, he thinks it's like the worst one he's ever seen. I guess, I'll, I guess like I'll have to watch that now and uh, tell him how much of a fuckhead he is in his comments section. <laughs> he won't hey, see. Hey. The, I, no one will see the dislike though. However. Uh, getting to the spoiler portion of this uh, of um, this podcast. Uh, Holy first thing, fuck! First thing to cover our asses legally. Don't go harass high top. Don't just don't. Okay, cool. Anyway, okay, moving on. Um, do you want to go in a, in a row again? We can. Um, I, I think we're just. I think I think we should just go uh, section by section because this movie literally starts off from. The end of the of uh, the previous one. Yeah, right at right at the end. Um, it's, it's pretty much seconds it's like, after. It's like cold open audio. <laughs> No soundtrack, just J. Jonah Jameson, Alex Jonesing it up. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yes. what's happening. Like, yeah, you uh, just received video from the great hero Mysterio, that that interdimensional warrior defending our defending our reality. It is the final moments on this earth. Like, like okay, cool, and then you hear Jake Gyllenhaal gaslight uh, the entire <laughs> world because yep. he couldn't stop at Spider Man, and goes his name is Peter Parker. That's right, folks. You hit it here first, and then like, oh fuck. It's quite an opener to to a film. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting how that was a great way to end the last movie, and it's a perfect way to start this one because yeah. uh, this movie really is all about what it means to be not just Spider Man, but to be Peter Parker. Yeah, and it'll, and all on the weight of what ha can happen by trying to lean too hard into mm. having a secret identity, almost sometimes at the expense of your actual heroics or at the very least definitely i, th I think i think the uh, the theme of the trilogy is identity mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what that means based off of your your idols um uh the people that uh into your sphere of influence as well as how the general public feels about you in regards to being a superhero. And always trying to be that one singular person as opposed to trying to have such a hard-cut divide between Spider-Man and the Peter Parker instead of trying to find where they meet who they truly are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like, this movie just opens up with the public reaction. Yeah, do you going from going from a slow burn to literally a quick match lighting the gasoline yep. with people start trying to pull off his mask and like prove that it's him or accosting MJ and then... at the cost of her safety and like moving into this really short like action sequence of of literally seeing him in a um like a of like a a forced perspective shot of Peter and MJ swinging through the city while they're literally passing large billboard, large electronic billboards of showing him his face with the Spider-Man mask 
and like that half portrait. Yeah, classic yeah. art. Yep. And Steve Ditko art, mm. artwork right there. Mm-hmm. I think that also might be the first time we've seen this Spider-Man swing like that through New York. I could be wrong. No, but, I think it is uh, because uh, let's see, he never really went into the downtown area in Homecoming. Nope. And he wasn't was never in a big he was never really in the right environment in in, in europe for that in uh, far from home yep uh, so, so th- this is first the first you know, this is really the first time we've seen him web swinging through manhattan what a way to do it and, <laughs> and we can celebrate it and just like this this movie like i guess i guess to get into your point yeah the first 25 minutes of this film is literally set up of the problem oh yeah and we yeah. haven't even got to the part that i yeah. have issues with i'll get yeah. to that when we get there. i do i do definitely see um what you're saying uh the kind of the first uh act of this movie it's not even really an act one as much as it's like an, it's, the, uh, it's the coda yeah exactly it's really setting everything up and it's also cleaning up what happened with the previous movie and kind of leaning into what this actual yeah. movie is about yeah we start to see uh we see the effect that this revelation has on on uh Okay, we before we get to that, we do have a we do have a very I think very funny scene as we as because uh, Peter has managed to make it to the to the brownstone apartment with May where May and Happy live. <laughs> oh my and God. May lives, <laughs> and Gwen and Happy are trying to tell Peter that they know something that that they have decided to break up. Ah uh, yeah, May, May. Yes, yeah, May yeah. and Happy. Sorry. Yes, uh, May and Happy. Yeah. Oh God, May and Gwen. That is not the relationship <laughs> I want. But, but yes, you're right. It's very funny. It's super funny <laughs> that Happy's a clingy kind of person, and uh, it's also very funny how because uh, they could have easily made that breakup like emotional, but mm-hmm. they really play it up for humor, and I think it works a lot better that and, way. And I think the best, best biggest part of the humor is because Peter thinks they're talking about the news relation that he, revelation that he has been revealed to be Spider-Man they're just talking about they're deciding to uh, end their relationship and then Aunt May walks in to Peter's bedroom and sees him getting dressed and MJ standing in front of him like worried about worried about him in the situation and she walks out like oh my god but yeah. Peter fucks yeah <laughs> like, I think that's actually a really interesting cuz it um this Peter Parker is played very young and it's it's mm-hmm. cool to see that little bit of John Hughes high school maturity kind of thing come in it's very breakfast club at times very yeah because we because we we've followed him since sophomore year at this point yeah so like he's now in senior year cusp of graduation and now this bombshell news uh that peter parker is spider-man um and spider-man fox (laughs) and that um uh the 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 results of that sort of uh explosion in the public eye as well as the legal and um, mm-hmm. uh, societal ramifications of that. Yeah, because this yep. uh, one of the big things that this film does also is very much strip Peter of his resources. One of the first things the movie it does is to strip Peter away from that t- uh, Stark Tech uh, um, reliance is because, guess what happens? Because t- Peter Parker is now be- is Spider-Man and he's being accused of murder and he's had, and there's all... And there's also this massive Stark tech usage that was associated with it. And I think this is the first time we actually see the Sokovia Accords work on a a, on an individual level Mm -hmm. to the efficiency that was proposed originally. Yeah, because because what ends up happening is uh, Stark is that all of Happy's Stark resources are frozen, except for one piece that has mysteriously gone missing. More about that in a few minutes. Yes, and and on top of that you get the very much like a 
sort of a sort of a sort of a throw back to um, desegregation of schools in the South during the Civil Rights Movement. You get the big like media circus in front of the school for yeah. the school for gifted scientific children. And the really creepy dude that's like, MJ, you gonna have Spidey babies? Spider oh, yeah. babies, yeah. Like, okay, that's that's weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then like the perfect example of um, oh, the three teachers apart that have been in the, all <laughs> the, three films. Yes. Hey, we have. But before we do that, I think we skipped over one really well done scene: uh, the interrogation. Um, interrogation, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is well, before this. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, and, oh, and we also skipped. No, that comes after. No, the school it comes before. Scene. No, it's after the, the school scene. It, it's, it's. I'm pretty sure it's it, after the school it's scene. It's at least because... after the interrogation. No, yeah, scene. it's yeah. It's before the school yeah. scene. That one I remember because the first time I well, came in, I came in on that scene, and then it moved into the school scene. Okay, okay. there you go. Because yeah. I, so, I was late to the film. Yeah, the first time so, with my mom. So, so we get this interrogation scene where the FBI, the CIA, the like. UN people who do the investigation for the Sokovia Accords mm-hmm. Act and legislation, and they're the, all doing this investigation work, stripping resources. It's also an important scene because it establishes that not only is Peter paying for this mistake, but so are all the people he loves, mm-hmm. and that uh, he feels responsible. We're probably going to say that word a couple of times. Um, Jeez, responsibility in a Spider-Man. Yeah, who would have guessed? <laughs> we haven't but, had that um, since Amazing Spider-Man. Not, not really. I yeah, mean, we, I would say yeah. we ha- did get it through the through the other parts of the Homeward Bound trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. But <laughs> uh, we we've gotten it, but more it was more of like subtle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't kind of upfront. But um, I think it worked for those movies. But for this movie in particular, it's really driving home that responsibility theme, and uh, we see just how how much it affects these people. Luckily, uh, the people in Peter's lives, uh, especially the women, are very strong of character. Oh, and yeah. not willing to put up with this shit. Yeah. Uh, that's something I appreciated. I thought the okay. scene where both May and MJ go, don't say anything till you get a lawyer, yeah. was hilarious and also really great characterization. Though it was nice to see that Ned, Ned uh, who I think has been kind of the forgotten character of the trilogy in a few Maybe ways. a little bit, yeah. Is, was still able to you know stand strong and show his own form of resolve against these people <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the, I think uh, i think in I, I feel like we need to talk about ned uh after we talk about the film as a body mm. okay um as a whole because i feel like he's we'll get to that there's a lot okay. i have to talk about with that there's a lot but, to say um, about ned leads this this uh, this entire uh, this entire interrogation sequence happens within three minutes i think two three minutes yeah it's yeah, very it's fast it's very it's, it's yeah. very fast but it's clear yeah. and concise about communicating the the situation at hand especially for people who may have not seen um mm-hmm. far from home yep and it really it, it's probably the first hint that this is really showing the severe consequences that are that are happening to ned may and and um mj this and then also happy and yeah. because yeah. he's he's kind of been a part of this extrajudicial mm-hmm system with Stark Industries for so long that now because Tony's gone uh, the government's more willing to uh, go after yeah uh, because no one respects Happy Hogan <laughs> or, or Pepper Potts wherever the fuck she is she's probably off in New York uh, with her kid Do that's actually it's an interesting point uh, there's a very little Iron Man stuff in this movie it's really just Happy and then another one other thing which uh, big so, thing so like, yeah yeah because like like um uh, Homecoming was um, Iron Man Four. In a way, yeah, I would yeah. say I would Iron, say it was Iron Man, half Iron Man, Iron, 4, Iron, 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 Iron Man, Iron Man Three Point Five, and Spider Man One Point Two Five. Sure, 
I guess. Because of character development and the way they go through that yeah. film, and mm-hmm. it's a very classic, like, oh, uh, P- uh, Spider-Man's villain this movie, is, this movie or comic book, is, is someone that he knows, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. through another person that he knows. Mm-hmm. That, ver- that very, like, ultimate Spider-Man-esque yeah. uh, rogues gallery development. Um, uh, uh, Far From Home is literally, uh, you, you take the spider out of his environment, and then put him up against a villain he literally has no tools or no social skills to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a level. Mm-hmm. And like a villain he really can't just get in a slugfest with on like Vulture. Right, yeah. And or, then uh, these foes. Then you have this film, which kind of makes like the the villain of this movie is consequence and not so much an individual mm-hmm. person. It's like the you consequences that, yeah. of a of a good action, and it's <clears throat> and how even good actions will will have bad consequences. I do, I do think that uh, the, obviously the this is an ensemble movie. There are many villains. I do think one in particular um, stands out by the end, but I, I also agree. I think the real antagonist of this movie is consequence. It's it's almost Peter himself. It's uh, it's definitely more of a man versus the world kind of story it's like a man versus man versus the world and man versus self yep yeah totally. kind of story exactly um, yep and then and so uh, then after we and then after the uh scene with the interrogation we move back to may's apartment and who are they talking to if not matt murdoch the world's greatest lawyer yep and the world's uh best blind superhero <laughs> and not and not just any matt murdoch it's the netflix series matt murdoch played by charlie cox yep. and uh in the and probably the most, I'm going to say this repeatedly, clear and concise cameo. Yeah, a perfect like it's, cameo. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a perfect cameo in a way to, to suddenly hint at future um, installments involving this character. Because like, there's a lot of famous comic book runs that I'm aware of from my Spider-Man encyclopedia back in the day where, where Peter and Matt worked together. Oh yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're just kind of like one of those many unofficial pairings <laughs> you see. Yep. Daredevil has a lot of mythos tied up with Spidey. He was kind of created as a Spider-Man knockoff, really. Yeah. And uh, and let's not forget who's his his most major villain is a Spider-Man rogues rogues transfer. That's right, uh, Kingpin. Daredevil's arch enemy, really, in pretty much every Daredevil comic nowadays, is Kingpin, and that is a Spider-Man villain. And he's not even really one of Spider. He's one of Spider-Man's bigger villain, but definitely not like. Top echelon. He's so more. Kind of he's more of like a mid-tier B-list. Yeah, exactly. Mm, I'd yeah. say he's more low A-tier. Like if you want mid, yeah, you, if you want mid-B-tier, you're go, you, you get the it owl. De- it depends on. Your, okay, it, well, Daredevil it, it, for sure. It depends on your. Yeah. It depends on your era of Marvel for Spider-Man. That's fair. Yeah, I think um, uh, Kingpin, for Daredevil, Kingpin is the villain. For Spider-Man, Kingpin is a villain. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. But uh, it's it's cool because uh, Daredevil and Spider-Man are that that is an important pairing and seeing them together, even though they're not really. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very cool to yeah. see. It was also something mm-hmm. I don't think anybody. I mean, it was leaked, but I don't think anybody really expected it to happen. There's a lot of yeah. legalese I think that I, stands in the way. Yeah. I think I, I, not anymore. I, not anymore. As, as soon as, as, soon as Wait, it was, did Disney buy Netflix when I wasn't looking? I think actually what happened. They they so so yeah, so I kid, so I the, so. I guess just to, just to like uh, clear, clear the uh, the potential confusion from that, um, uh, Mar- uh, Disney Marvel famously uh, removed the Marvel shows from Netflix, mm-hmm. and they had initially said these shows are non-canon. Yeah, 
but I think that was enough of a smokescreen smoke screen for them to develop those characters for the MCU. Yeah, it's, I, a, it's a bit of a trick what they're doing. Essentially, they're taking the actors who played these characters, slightly tweaking them in very subtle ways so that if we want, we can say those shows happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to probably go out of their way to make sure nothing contradicts those shows That's, in big ways. Yeah. From, what, from what I've understood, uh, from what the few articles I gleaned from it, it's that the uh, shows that themselves did not happen as we know of them, right. but the characters as we have seen them exist in the universe. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we, uh, spoilers for Hawkeye, that's why we have Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin and yep. get double tapped in the last two episodes of that. Yes, I, I, that's a different conversation. I don't think that he is dead, but... Uh, there were two gunshots. I, I don't, I still but don't think they do it. was probably to but, the face. But Did that's you hear different him hit the ground? Yes. I think the important, well, it's off camera. I think the important part of that is that that character is played the same, mm-hmm. written relatively the same. However, he is a little different. He yeah. punches harder, he re- yeah. and he can take punches more. So I think that's kind of how they're doing this little legalese trick where, mm-hmm. well, our Kingpin is different, even King though he's Pin played can take a gunshot. Yeah, sure, yeah. definitely in the comics. Um, that This isn't a Hawkeye uh, podcast. So, yes, I, I, was, I yeah. just brought that up as yeah. an example. Yeah. So... Uh, um, Daredevil literally catches a brick that's thrown through the brownstone apartment. Because he's a really window. good lawyer. He's a really <laughs> yes. good lawyer. And then Happy's like, well, what about me? You're going to need a, a really, really good, good yeah. lawyer. Really and, and the funny thing is, that, like, one thing when you think about it, like, he only really defended Peter because, you know, Peter was innocent. Because he knows, because, you know... He's he, Daredevil. Yeah, he, but however funny thing is, um, probably the big reason he didn't defend Happy... Happy's guilty as sin for what he's what the charges he's facing. <laughs> that is and, true. And Matt, and Matt Murdock <laughs> is famously a prosecutor and not a defendant. Defendant, or defense. defense well, he's lawyer. classically a defense he, attorney. He, he's, defense he's, attorney. He defends innocent people who yeah. are being charged he, with big crimes. He de- he de- but, yeah, he de- he defends the innocent, prosecutes the guilty. Okay. And yeah. Yes. Out of good conscience for knowing yeah. how good of a person Peter is and knowing that Happy was doing, oh. Uh, doing the wrong thing for the right reasons, mm-hmm. he had to recuse himself from defending Happy. But, um, yeah. I think it's also a really great uh, writing maneuver, where it's, um, like we kind of mentioned earlier, this first uh, coda, this, this not this act prologue. one act, um, <clears throat> really cleans up some of the things. Because this movie mm-hmm. could have easily been all about, well, everyone knows who Peter is, and he has to face legal consequences, mm-hmm. but... The, how well? How do we get rid of the legal consequences? Law and order been... MCU. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way of avoiding that. <laughs> yeah, so by I think a great way to do that is well, why don't we bring what most people recognize as the Marvel Universe's greatest lawyer, who isn't named She-Hulk, yeah. in to uh, solve the case. And as soon yeah. as Daredevil shows, it's a perfect place to put Daredevil because it makes sense for both characters. Mm-hmm. It immediately cleans up that uh, plot issue so that the movie can move forward and it's fun for the fans. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's a very it's a very easy, very believable hand wave of yep. why this legal battle isn't the center of the film's plot. It's like we we know enough about Daredevil through cultural osmosis. Yeah, yep. I can buy it. He got the charges because they're also bullshit anyway. Yeah, exactly. And, and what's funny, it's funnier than that. They use a comic book um, writing trope to do that hand wave. Because arguably this film is framed like a comic book and less of a movie. Yes. It's definitely more faithful to the comics than the previous two movies mm-hmm. have been. Not that that's an issue that those those movies. But I think this shows faithful, their transition but... from going from a more directly cinematic vibe for this universe and more of a 
comic book first, then cinematic adaptation. Mm-hmm. A lot second. of this this fourth phase is very influenced by the books in, in a lot of ways. I mean, the we mentioned Hawkeye earlier. Uh, the entire aesthetic is ripped straight from the comics. It's, uh, it's just Falcon ripped. and Winter Soldier yeah, straight yeah. up a suspense thriller yep, issue. We, yep. Um, um, there, there's a lot of WandaVision's stuff. a suspense mystery. Yeah, WandaVision's mm-hmm. actually a mix of a couple different comics. It's kind of uh, Vision by Tom King and a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. House of M. Yeah. And a wee bit of Avengers Disassembled. Yeah, a little bit of that too. Uh, maybe even some of the uh, 70s stuff where White Vision shows up. But I think the point is, is 80s. that... Um, 80s yeah okay the the point is is that this movie and a lot of these marvel movies um currently are very faithful but um anyway after that scene we do have the school scene which actually is kind of the first real scene of the story Mm -hmm. this movie has and uh this is where act one begins this is this is where this movie starts and no way home uh, sorry, but, Far From Home ends. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a, that's actually a really solid point. And it's also probably why you experience some pacing issues. I think that's probably a, a pretty common complaint people will have with this movie. I don't think it's much of a problem, hence, but hence it is why, definitely there. Hence why I say this is a comic book first and a movie second. Yeah, yeah. because with a comic book, you can you can stop. That that, that was that would have been the issue one, right? And then Issue one is, that, is them walking towards the school. Issue two yep. opens up with them having, uh, like, they have to be split apart because they both have to be searched individually, yep. MJ and Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else is freaking out. You have fucking uh, Flash Thompson coming in with a <laughs> with that fucking book with a book yeah. that's which, clearly full of lies. Which I gotta admit, though, I gotta respect the hustle. That could not have been a very long period of time. <laughs> uh, what was sh- the name of the book? You, uh, Flashpoint. Yeah, Flashpoint. which Flashpoint. also I think is a great way to just yeah. throw the middle finger at the yeah. at one of the worst events I, of the past decade I, in DC I, Comics. I do yeah. think that that is a nudge, nudge for DC. But it's also I'm also <laughs> looking forward to the character development where he gets shot and gets paralyzed and requires the uh, symbol virus but that's a cons- uh, yes, entirely different I too can't movie. wait to see we'll this see. I can, yes yeah. I too can't wait for this flash to go to Vietnam <laughs> we'll, <laughs> yeah. excuse, we'll see what happens excuse you Ukraine yeah. Yeah. Um, no he went to Vietnam in the comics he did think about recent events I know um, I, I think so, recently they, they did change it from Nam to Iraq yeah. like they did with Punisher so yeah but anyways, that is what happened. Yeah, Classically, yeah. he uh, came you, back you, from Nam. So you and have then a, a car accident. Yeah. yeah. So you have a really funny scene when Peter gets into the school. You have the three teachers that he's interacted with the most in these films. One played by Hannibal Burris, <laughs> the gym, gym teacher, teacher. <laughs> who was like, who hates him. Hates like, all you, you, killed, you, you killed Mysterio, man. <laughs> you should be going to jail. And the other, the other two, the, the other, one of them was the, the was the the trip organizer. And then the other one was the teacher chaperone that needed to be added to the trip for Far From Home. Yeah. And they both understand, like, oh, wow, this is why he wasn't around all the time. Yep. Yeah. We I, get it. They're in the know. I, I and, the, found and the creepy stalker shrine behind them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> that character. The one it's the, also the, so tone deaf. The, the, um, the teacher who sets up that creepy shrine, I found out recently, he's actually in The Incredible Hulk, which is kind of kind of cool. Oh, that's fine. That's a weird little MCU connection I didn't know existed. But um, yeah, and I will say one thing that I know YouTube definitely mm-hmm. noticed, and most of you probably did, but for the few of those of you, you in the audience that didn't, the, uh, of course, the two teachers that are supporting Peter are, of course, the two teachers that went and saw P- and saw Spider-Man and saw Peter yep. throughout, and were were supporting Cass throughout uh, Far From Home. Yeah, so they're more likely to. That's also, that's that's pretty good writing. It's paying attention. Oh, yeah, know? it's paying I don't know who the writers for this film were, but True. I don't think they wrote um, Far From Home. No, but it's been this, also been the same director all throughout. It's all yes. The, so it's very it's very easy that even if the writers didn't notice it, he knew and probably had them directed that way. Was it Stephen McFeely and the guy that he usually writes with? The Lego Movie guys? Let me see. 
Yeah, and of course, it was also the guy who thought Captain America was an, a, a terrible war criminal. Who <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, John Watts directed this one. Yep. Yeah. Um, Amy Pascal co-produced with Kevin... Yes. Kevin yes. So technically, this is a Sony oh yeah, that's film. right. Yeah, because it's uh, which is why the, it's fascinating. There's the a rights, Netflix the, the character in it. Issue. There's a it's there's Marvel characters, uh, MCU characters, and it's Sony. So um, a lot of people tied up in this one. Uh, writers, let's see. Uh, Eric Summers and Colin McKenna wrote No Way Home. Oh well, that's uh, not who I thought they were. Uh, I knew it was a team from home. Uh, so writers for. Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. It gave me a big ass. McKenna and Summers, again? Yeah, written by wow. Chris McKenna and Eric Summers for Far From Home. So wow. now go to uh, Homecoming and see if it's the same writing team. Nope, that's uh. So, okay. Oh, they were part of the screenplay. Yes, they were okay. one of one, two, three, four, five, six writers alongside. Yeah, probably went through a lot of drafts. Probably most of most of yeah. those people were probably Sony's lawyers. Like you have to put our writers in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For you to keep probably the went through a lot rights. of iterations and stuff. That's interesting because this film definitely feels different from the previous <clears throat> two in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I think it's part partially them listening to criticism, but also probably this being their end game vision, them setting up all the things that a lot of people were complaining about to be subverted in this I'm, film. I'm actually yeah. really glad you brought that up. Um, I might say it a little bit uh, for later when it's more relevant, but I do think this movie does a fantastic job of making people who like the previous two films happy while also making people who didn't like the previous two films happy, mm. which is uh, an achievement in this day and age. I mean, also, yeah. I'll say this. All you have to do is like a good movie and like Spider-Man. And... And also not be predisposed against Spider-Man. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. If, you're, if, you, if you. you don't like Spider-Man, nothing in this movie is going to change your mind about that. Yeah. And, and like... Well... This, well, okay. That gets past... That gets that. That's a thing. That's that's a point of discussion for when Act 1 ends. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get there. So, um, so they're in the school. The, they're in the school. I think the greatest setup is no speech... It's just Peter walking through the hall, and you have everyone with their fucking cell phones out on TikTok, yep. live stream on Instagram and Facebook, just... Taking pictures. Taking pictures and recording him. And it's the first time, because Peter struggled with being noticed, this is the first time he is the sole individual in the microscope. Yep. Yeah, and he, he's not liking it, because why would you? you yeah. know, not only is he not used to it, but he's realizing... This isn't what I even wanted. Yeah. This is going to ruin his life. Yep. It, and he hasn't even reached that level yet, because yeah. he's like, maybe it's a good thing that people know me. That's fair, yeah. Because he's, he's trying to, he's, he's, he's the eternal optimist, yep. and which is a solves, good Peter Parker. And it also helps kind of solve the dual, the dual lives issue that he ha has had throughout the other two movies. Yeah. He thinks this is a solution to that problem. Yeah, I mean, it is a, a solution. A little bit later, he has a conversation with MJ. Mm -hmm. uh, which, On the rooftop. In the yeah. next scene. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they kind of discuss... It's like this How movie was written consi consistently and concisely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's actually... I, I don't, I'm not usually the critical kind of person, but it is refreshing to see a movie written so tightly. Especially <laughs> a movie like this, which really has no right to be this tightly executed. Because movies, movies like this are usually very messy. Mm -hmm. and, and especially yeah. in, a, in a film series that is infamous for using, like... Oh, this is a premiere film for this character as like vehicles for other characters and films. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is the first. This is one of the first Marvel movies where this doesn't feel like a setup. And yet people so still want to it, set up Tasm Three, so it still yeah, wins as that. Yeah. That's another thing too. Is actually like 
Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, and to a slightly lesser extent, Spider-Man 3, fell victims to all the traps this movie doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's because it learned those lessons, but um, it's fascinating that Spider-Man 3 could barely handle three villains, and this movie handles so, five. Well, five excellent. Anyway, we're getting ahead. So we're, we're getting yeah. way ahead of ourselves. Okay, so, sorry. We're still, so, we're still so, in the cool, sad part. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're at the three. We're at, we're at the halfway point for Act One. Yep. So Peter and MJ have a private conversation on the rooftop. He's like, "Well, maybe this is a good thing. People know I'm Spider-Man. I don't have to keep it secret anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders." Yep. Because now I don't have to worry about everybody. And him and MJ are having a really good conversation <laughs> that, out. like, is, like, probably the first time that I've seen them have an actual relationship talk mm-hmm. at all. And then, lo and behold, Ned fucking just rolls in like he's the third wheel in a fucking <laughs> romance anime. Like, yeah. whoa, guys, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. But, but like, like Flash <laughs> Sama is really being annoying, and I can't get away from yeah. these crowds. And, and it's like, how? Yeah. Okay. They're clearly having a moment, and he just comes <clears throat> in. And, and it's cute, because they just roll with it. Yeah, and I will say one thing about you did about um, also them having a relationship moment. It was also nice to see kind of a... I would say a pretty healthy way of, you know, MJ trying to help Peter through this, because clearly this is a, a stressful for both of them, but she's, you know, taking it, but, you know, she's making sure she, he's okay. Which is really she's good, which is really good setup for what happens at the end of it. Yeah. Well, I and, think she's actually she's a really great version of this character. Honestly, Zendaya is probably, like, one of the best, fe- like, factors of this film. Yeah, I would agree. Because, like, her writing is, her, yeah. the writing for her is so fucking it's, strong. It's great, and I will... Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and uh, a guy watching YouTube, uh, Totally Not Mark, did... I was Totally Not Mark. Yeah, he, uh, when he did his uh, video on this trilogy of films, he did make an excellent point that this is actually a pretty good uh, updating of the core idea of MJ, which the core idea of it, for those of you who may not, who may not have read the 60s and 70s comics, was that Spring MJ day. was very much a second-wave feminist, a very socially conscious and socially active woman, Back during her, back during this time before uh, she, before she would be her uh, character would move elsewhere. So the idea, so this Michelle Jones is very much kind of fall, falling into that, uh, into that just modernizing the idea of the socially conscious woman, especially as especially as a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think this is the best version of the character on screen, maybe even ever. That might be hearsay, but uh, I do... I'd say that's subjective. For sure, for sure but... Um, I'm not going to disagree with you, though. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. I just think she's a much more interesting character than she usually is, mm-hmm. even on the page. Um, and what a wonderful actress. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, Zendaya. Yes. This is great. It's fantastic. Yeah, great. But um, anyway, so after this scene, I think we go straight to the... It gets, it gets into the point of where... He starts by the cafe, and he has the... They... Oh, they get into the process of talking about college as oh, no, after yep, they yep. move after okay. Happy moves everyone to his place after he moves uh, Aunt May and Peter to his place. And there's yep. something. Well, in that, that happens yes. after that happens after the lawyer. There, there that happens a, after the brick scene. There is an important. Like, that's right. There is a little important plot point there. A little uh, bit of foreshadowing. Something we important. We see a uh, object that has a bunch of dust collecting on it that looks a lot like the fabrication machine from the previous film. Um, uh, other than that, it's really just a montage of them moving in and, and getting all their stuff set up. And then, a, and then a very cute uh, FaceTime scene between Peter and MJ yep. that gets hilariously interrupted <laughs> by Happy with a CPAP machine. Yeah, very funny. He's like, I can't yeah. sleep with the two of you talking cute yeah. like that. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Happy's awake. Say hi, MJ. Hi, Happy. Yeah. Hi, MJ. <laughs> and Peter, and the, yeah. Peter, two minutes. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> finish this up. I'm yeah. going to sleep. Yeah. I will say this film probably does balance the drama with interspersing with comedy. Probably the best out of a lot of the more recent Marvel films. Yeah, there's not very much undercutting of the drama. Yeah, this this kind of reminds me of like, this, le- this reminds me of the light, gentle humor from mm-hmm. uh, Homecoming mm-hmm. a lot, yeah. as well as like interspersing a lot more of the serious tones yeah. that we've been getting. And and also it, it lets you have that full emotional reaction before cutting to the joke. It's like exactly, yeah. you, you, you they're having their sweet little talk. You're feeling the, the happiness. You're feeling the emotion. Then right as it would should needs to be winding up. Okay, happy's happy's here now. Yeah, you have that little giggle. Yep. Yeah, because this ha- because this that scene takes place before they go back to the school. But like it's oh, important yeah. to note it now because of that that plot subtle point. that plot point. But also. Just the fact that like there's a big focus on Peter's relationships as opposed to being Peter centric, which much. is probably a big reason why that third act climax hits so hard. Yeah, but yes. so movie um, does not pull any punches. So uh, the end of Act One begins with Peter starting to receive his college acceptance letters. Mm-hmm. He gets denied over know. and over again, and it's only the schools that he's applied to that are his. His uh, se- his goal school and his secondary and his tertiary school, their la- the last school that Ned, MJ, and Peter all apply to, um, their primary school was uh, Boston. Yeah. They agreed. Hey, let's not open our acceptance letters until we can all meet at the cafe. And then they do. All three of them are denied. And bef- a moment before this. MJ says MJ says a very important line, um, uh, along the lines of uh, "Don't, don't go, don't go in hoping for something that may not happen." Yeah, um, setting herself up for ex- disappointment. Ex- and expect failure. disappointment, and so, you'll never be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. That's what she says. Which is a very like a very modern coping mechanism for people in this day and age, especially like, mm-hmm. especially for people who are the ages of these characters going to see this film. Yeah, that's something that everyone's had to experience, let alone during the pandemic. When you're watching a film that is like the ideal now. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter gets very gets very emotional because this is the first time he's actually sh- reacted in a way that's negative about the about the situation like this is unfair. Because this is really when you see him break, you see him that fi- that final bit of optimism of everything's still going to be all right finally go away and it's, i think it's important that what really gets to him too isn't necessarily that he didn't get in it's, it's that, that ned and mj are suffering yeah, because pe- of him yeah people who didn't even do what he did people are just taking the heat because they're associated yeah. with him and, and, and then you cut through this this tension and internal monologue with flash walking in with his fucking <laughs> his, his fucking college t-shirt on like hey everybody we're going to oh y'all didn't get accepted yeah all right well there's like a meet and greet a block away. Which is still important setup for a it little is. bit yeah. later. Yeah. As we now end Act One with the beginning the beginning of the motif of Doctor Strange as he yes. goes to Bleecker Street. And he just he wants to yeah, and he decides, you know what? Okay, I'm just gonna I know a man that can change reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like So yeah, that his idea is is that he's going to go to Doctor Strange and ask him if it's at all possible if people if he could make people forget well, that he, he's Spider-Man. Well, first he wants to t- go, turn, try and turn back time, thinking yep. that you know Doctor Strange could do that, not realizing that it was all the no time, time stone. stone yeah. Peter, that's right. We, we don't have the time stone. We sent those back. Remember? Yep. And he and he, he basically he gives up. He's like, oh okay. And then um, I uh, think it's Steven, Wong says something. Stevens mentions yeah. something, and Wong is walking is about to walk it's, through. It's the he's winter. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. it's because a a storm in Siberia blew through and no one properly uh, resealed the the runes Mm -hmm. on that door. Yeah, and um, because Doctor Strange isn't the Sorcerer Supreme anymore. Because (laughs) Wong Wong is, yeah, Wong won by default. (laughs) Functionally, Strange still is, but all the paperwork Wong has to deal with. And um, you see this instance of, uh, you see this, you see this nice, this nice sort of like. Not necessarily, it's not necessarily like forced setup, but the framework for what this Doctor Strange sequel is going to be like. Mm-hmm. But like, you get this instance of like how much of a power level difference is between Stephen and Wong and everyone else mm-hmm. in the order because he references the spell and Wong's like, That's very dangerous. Like, well, do you remember the moonlight party? And he's like, No, yeah, that's, why. that's why. And he's like, <laughs> Okay, if I can't officially san- sanction this, if you do it, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Because like Wong understands that, well, like, the consequences. We, we're gonna, he understands con- consequences, but he also understands like what Peter is asking is simple. Yeah, and he also understands. It should be simple. Yeah, and this is actually, and then we lead into probably my, the first of my minor gripes of this first part of the film. It's quite literally all the Doctor Strange stuff is the only stuff I have any kind of questions or problems with, and, and it's mostly just Doctor Strange's character is not treated, I think, very well here. So, as a as a question, mm-hmm. before we get into that little yeah. short discussion, how much do you, how much of that is tied to him not having his second film yet to develop his character more, or how much of that is not utilizing his character to such a degree where he is then another focal point of the film? I think that it's has to be. Balanced. I think it's a third option actually. It's them needing. It's them really needing to get into the setup for the next part of the film to happen. That they sort have of like to play, in a comic book. Yeah, so that they have to play. <laughs> Fast and loose with Doctor Strange's character, because the first, because you know he yeah. doesn't have a sit down with Peter talk about the range of the spell. Yeah, he just they just go immediately straight to casting There's, the spell. He's also still learning how to be a sorcerer supreme. Yeah, but we like, did have that scene earlier where it's like, when was the last time someone wanted to talk to him about doing some major magic? Thor, and what did he do? They had to sit down in a chat first. Well, but here's that, what I'll say. I think I think you're you're partially correct, Elijah, mm-hmm. from where I stand. I think it is more that Doctor Strange here is a bit of a plot device. He's kind of a way to get to the movie yeah. uh, that, that this movie wants to be. Mm-hmm. I also, it's more like getting to the problem. Yeah, exactly. To, to the, the setup, really. Um, I think it's it's not like Doctor Strange's like, character assassinated here or whatever. I've definitely seen characters treated far worse in different movies. <laughs> Captain Marvel. Yeah. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> but um, I do see what, where you're coming from, where he, yeah. he's kind of sloppy, right? Like, mm. he, he should have maybe... He's very... Yeah. How do you make this movie happen, he, though, if Doctor Strange explains to I think, Peter I think, the oh, yeah. parameters? I think, I think a big factor could be he's riding off the high of, we stopped a major uh, a major galactic catastrophe villain. Sure, yeah, exactly. We he thinks lost maybe he a lot of people... It. Yep. He's now sort of laid back because he's not dealing with the responsibilities of being the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's be- he's he's become a little bit brash, a little lackadaisical. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's see that. he's lacking in yeah. that seriousness of wearing his gloves and refilling, uh, yeah. fucking Thor's, Thor's beard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is more this is more of a Stephen yeah. Strange that's been on vacation for the yeah. last two months. Yeah. Well, the last while five Wong years. Is, yeah. While Wong, well, time is weird in this film, but like um. 
he's been he's been on vacation sort of just doing his own personal projects and studying new spells whereas Wong has been like the one trucking along in yeah, getting things yeah. moving for the sorcerer's I do, order I do think it's a fair criticism um, it, it doesn't bother me so much yeah like I said it, the, the issues I have with the film are minor mm. enough that I don't yeah. think it honestly drags down dra- drags us down it's just one of those things where it's a rough edge that you just you try you ever work with wood and you're trying to sand down this one rough edge but whatever you keep doing it just doesn't yeah. work yeah I think that's just one of the unfortunate side effects of yeah. the nature of the plot they wanted to do. It's forgettable. Doctor Strange had to take a hit. Yeah. I, I, he, took a, he took a hit because they trimmed a little bit of that responsibility away yeah. from that mm-hmm. from that part of the wood in order to smooth out enough of this part of the story. While yeah. we're here, um, I do want to mention something of an elephant in the room. Uh, this is a lot like One More Day. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, this is pretty much, a, in many ways, a few of the similar plot structures, especially when we get to that one part, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But it's essentially taking the idea of one more day, I feel, and doing it right. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Um, pun, pun not intended, but well done. It's, it's spectacular. Yeah. It's exactly, yeah. Even, it's, it's invincible. Maybe even it's, web of. Oh my uh, god. But, uh, it's Peter Parker. <laughs> um, I think it's fascinating because it's almost coincidental that one more day is a comic that exists because they, they really share two plot points. And um, wow, is this movie... A million and then another million times better it's, than it's, that comic. It's, it only matches the, the, like the, the setup, the, the the setup and the threat of the request and then the consequences thereof. Yeah, and yeah, the exactly, personal yeah. consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Except they're actually felt in this one, unlike one, unlike unlike brand new day. <laughs> yeah. So the, it's 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 weird. I did because like I I, no, I noticed that and I'm like yeah. this is gonna be a part of the conversation because yeah. I know enough about. I did want to mention it briefly. Um, I think it's fascinating. I, I I would I wonder if they can make sins past work if they made no. one more day. <laughs> Nothing can make sins <laughs> past right. work. Right, sorry, I guess I went too far. Yes, you did. Uh, like they did in sins past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I did just want to mention that briefly. We can move on to actually talking about the movie. So, though. um, we get to this point. We go into the Undercroft. Probably, I think the first time we've seen the Undercroft. I believe yes. on Beacon so. Street. Yes, and and the uh, sa- uh, the um and the Sanctum Sanctorum. It looks in... like a grandfather's basement, and Ned's Ned's like, this is oh, awesome. No, no, we're no, not there yet. We're this not is there. the Undercroft, we're, not the basement. We're at the dungeon. We don't oh, okay, see the dun- okay, we don't yeah. see the basement. Actually, they just kind of cut that for a later joke. Okay, yeah. all right. No, we, but the joke we do get it is an episode is that they filmed an episode of the Pacifier there. Yeah, <laughs> they did. So Equalizer, Equalizer. <laughs> Pacifier was a Vin Diesel movie. Yeah. They, they filmed an episode of the Equalizer here <laughs> a couple awesome. years ago. And I sat awesome. there and I was like, I am one of two people in the audience who get this joke, and the other one is sitting right next yeah. to me. <laughs> my it's mother. Very, it's very cool. <laughs> and like, and and what's what's great is that like you have like you have the issue of like um, uh, Stephen not sitting down with Peter. I think it's because Stephen's cocky of that he can do this because he's already completed the spell successfully once, mm-hmm. but not understanding the character of the the character under internal monologue of Peter at this point to know that this is a bad idea. Um, he starts talking about the spell and the consequences thereof and yeah. like what this means. And then he starts And then as he starts casting a spell, Peter's like, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you mean everyone? Yeah, and then he starts adding in like he first he talks about, you know, he wants his MJ so that they can still have their relationship. Well Ned was the first one. Oh, well sorry, technically Ned, yeah. Aunt May should know oh, too. No, Aunt May. Oh what about like, Happy? happy. <laughs> and, and then this entire time Steven's like, You gotta stop oh. interrupting the spell and he keeps restarting. But you notice that there's this this confluence of all these fa- of all these whiffed spells, mm-hmm. they're not just they're, they're not just fizzling, they're remaining. And then we get to this point of like this of this uh, 
this uh like this this early this early act two climax of the spell is about to fucking pop in a way that it shouldn't and then it gets contained and steven's like i told you not to interrupt the spell and peter's like i'm sorry i just i just kept thinking about this and he's like you don't understand this is a really powerful spell this changes the a fundamental uh, fundamental layer of our reality and it's very clear that something and definitely did happen when the spell backfired yeah because you start seeing the outlines of people and like the noises of mm-hmm. voices like noises and voices part of the calling out to spider-man and peter and it's weird it's like it's really it's really surreal to see how this is how they're circum how uh, marvel's circumventing sony owning most of the rogues gallery yeah and villain by, coterie. by, by, by uh, sort of uh, referencing them but not really not really them. showing yep. uh, um yeah um sh- uh show and not tell in a very in a very unique way <coughs> and, and 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 steve and steven's just like look you you look like have you like have you talked to have, have you talked to the college admissions board about this yet and peter's and like i can do I that you can do that and then <laughs> and then steven's like just you didn't think yeah. to call them just, and talk to them he's and, like i didn't and then just hard cuts him being thrown out of the sanctum yeah and, and no, no, even before that, because there's a little interaction between them where he's like, oh, look, uh, "Peter, you don't have to, you don't have to, oh, yeah. have to call, call you, you don't have to say, sir. We've saved the universe, we've saved the universe oh, once yeah. together. And this time he's like, we're, call me, we're, sir. Yeah, yeah. You, the, you can call, you can call us, but by me, my first, we can go on first name basis. Okay, Stephen. Okay, that's a bit weird. It's weird, but I'll allow oh. it. Yeah. And then he cuts back. <laughs> then it cuts. Then you go to the uh, where the spell is about to fucking pop, and he contains it. And Peter's like, "Well, I didn't think about talking to them." And he's like. And then, it's like, and he's like, "Well, no, I'm sorry. We can really fix like, we can see we can fix this, sir." And it leads probably into my favorite, mm. probably just my favorite verbal joke in this film, where it's just Stephen Strange just taking in the, the the fact that this is just a not fully realizing this is just a panicked kid he's talking to says, "You wanted me to brainwash the entire world. <laughs> bef- you you thought that was a viable option before just talking to someone." And uh, yeah. Uh, and it also, all this whole thing plays into that theme of responsibility again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is this is a point where it's like this is an adult talking to someone who's on the cusp of adulthood. Yep. Yep. This is someone who has learned the consequences of their actions and what their responsibilities yep. are as Sorcerer Supreme was, and a kid that is barely in the know and understanding of what the real world is, despite having to save it. There's also a nice um, avoiding of a pitfall here, writing wise. There is. You could have easily made Doctor Strange the Peter's new Tony Stark, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or make him yeah. the villain of the film. Yeah, you could have done you'd that. Make too. him an antagonist yeah. as opposed Just, to like yeah. a true yeah. villain. And and uh, instead, which they kind of uh, do. Yeah, he's definitely he's, like a, an obstacle that needs yeah. to be solved. But um, instead, they don't. And uh, I'm glad they didn't. I think a movie like that could have worked, but uh, this version is is much better yeah. and makes more sense. And this um, is the film we needed to get for this part in the story. Yep, I believe yeah. the next scene is the bridge scene. Yep, because no, no he, it's he goes calling Flash. He calls Flash, right. and he's like, "Flash, I need to know. I, I, are you still not mixed?" And he's like, "Yeah." It was the admissions, uh, the missions people there. She's like, "No, she just left. She has to hit, make her plane." Did you know her name? It's like, well, why should I help you? It's like, come on, Flash. I want to get MJ and Ned, and I don't care about getting into college or not right now. I want them to get in. He's like, okay. Well, you have to swing me into school for the rest of the year. One week. Two weeks. Uh, 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 A month. I'll let you know what I want. I'll let you call. I'll let you call. 
I'll let you call yourself. I'll call, I'll call you my best friend. Yeah. I'll let you say that I'm your uh, I'm your best friend. Deal. <laughs> and then Which you hard cut to Peter, like mid swinging, like trying to get himself dressed up mm. and spiffy. And one thing going that, to the bridge. And one thing that is very important that it comes in through this uh, scene right here is we do get the the first thing that is showing is like that is going to be showing that Peter really isn't going to be relying on the Stark tech because what does that his suit HUD say that the, it can't make the connection? So he's mm. lost all that software stuff. Yep. He's lost Edith. Yep. Yeah. Which I think was a. Which I think was a very good move to sh for showing because like he still has the, he still has the nano suit but like he's oh, yeah. he does he he does not have that connection to the Stark servers because yep. they have been frozen. It's uh it's it's feels a little bit more Spider Man and we've had enough of the Stark stuff I mm -hmm. think at this point. I'm, I I think I think it's a great transition to show yeah um like oh the world without Tony Stark means that like his tech may start leaking out into the public and you might start getting worse supervillains as a result. Right. Which is, yeah, which is going to be much better explored, I think, in the ar upcoming Armor Wars uh, I, I hope so. Armor I hope so. I'd like to see uh, Justin Hammer show up again. I, I want to see some real Crimson Dynamo. Sure, yeah. yeah. One of them. Yeah. So, we know which one. <laughs> the one the, that matters. The Soviet yeah. Super Soldier yeah. one. So, yeah. so we get to the bridge. Uh, uh, song reference. Uh, we get to the bridge scene where... People have already seen it in the trailers because they kind of gave they kind of gave the go away. Yeah, in the trailers they had to get people in there somehow. Yeah, yeah. So you get you get this really frantic Peter trying to talk to this college admissions person, mm -hmm. and she's like, "Look, I I could try to do something for your friends, but it's very unlikely." And she's, all these decisions, she's kind of stonewalling him. Yeah, she's very dismissive of Peter, like because this is very irregular. He's, he's not following the proper channels. He hasn't doesn't have anything prepared. He, he just went through a lot of legal trouble. He may be a murderer. <laughs> And, and like he, he's not a murderer. Charges were dropped. He, he, he's not. But he's, he, I was. He, he had the much controversy. Like, like, like they say in the oh, Hamilton yeah. musical, they all got acquitted. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So like. So did O.J. Simpson. But. <laughs> so you then get to this point of the first really good instance of the spider sense being used mm. in this film, of where you get the audio design of knowing exactly who's on the way, mm -hmm. but then you get Peter using his spider senses and realizing and focusing on a new noise and like a commotion that's happening ahead of the bridge. Mm -hmm. And then you see Dr. Otto Octavius from Spider-Man 2. Alfred yep. Molina, the goat himself. Yep. Rising, Dr. Octopus. <laughs> rising, rising with his arms, which are all CGI. And people made such a fucking fuss about him. Like it's, They're I don't so care. Good. They're it's good. They're well. more expressive. They're done well. And I'll you have just, the, you still have the puppets that exist, which they likely 3D scanned for the CGI effects. And I'll just put my neck out there and say CGI practical. It doesn't matter so long as you do it good. Yeah, yes. I think I think I would agree with that. Um, I also think that the practical stuff works better in the Sam Raimi. Because mm -hmm. he's known for that. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't think it would would have necessarily worked here. Yeah, yeah, and especially also just the way that those those films were shot, the way they yeah. looked, and the level of CGI technology at the time. Yeah, exactly. And nowadays, you know, you could have made this whole film CGI, and you, people probably wouldn't have even yeah. blinked. So like, so. Uh, and like Sam Raimi's trilogy is more like a a two thousands gritty comic book. Yeah, as definitely. opposed to this being a more like post Marvel all new all different kind of book. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. definitely a different vibe, which is why it's very. Uh, surprising and very welcome that this character and um actually i'd say this the other ones that show has up. more of an 80s vibe to it personally maybe well, I'm, but i mean it's that john of, hughes kind of well, obviously yeah. 80s spider-man books kind yeah. of vibe yeah oh really it's it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. that but it's that but written yeah in the definitely especially oh, especially yeah. a little bit later when things get a little <laughs> yeah. more intense so, <laughs> yes. you get, but, um, so you get this really cool this really well choreographed 
conversation and fight scene it's like a verbal joust with a physical joust mm. and all, yeah. all together it's yeah, like we, watching a knight's tale yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, we, and we get to see these it's it's very it's very, very we get to see some very it's not only well choreographed but also very well shot like yeah the film it uses very few cuts it prefers to use very clean sweeps we know where we are the entire fight it's like it's like the it's like the it's like the photography of this of this sequence was done purposely because of understanding the frame of reference of, of doc ock's arms Mm-hmm. Are that they are long and sweeping motions, and when they get closer in and shrinking, it's more of the quick punches and jabs. Yeah, it's very because you also get him like referencing his whole plot device and reason for him being a villain was the tritium. Where is it, Peter? And yeah. Peter's like, I literally don't know who you are. <laughs> who yeah. are you? Can you just, can you just leave yeah. the bridge, please? Yeah. And then we and we also get a nice little tentacle versus Iron Spider legs fight. Yeah. And he's like. Stealing my ideas yeah. now, Pierre. Yeah. It's like I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Who yeah. are you? I think it's very. Uh, it's it's. It could have come across way too fan servicey, but everything that there's happens a balance here... of fan service with the context of the previous film that this character yes. was seen mm-hmm. in, as well as moving forward with this film of how this character it, affects the story. Everything mm. that happens makes perfect sense. Yes, the and, way it happens. and that's and I feel like they spent. Like it's been two years since Far From Home because of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, I think they spent that extra time of delay for the for filming to really trim the fat off this story and get this as mm-hmm. clear yeah. and concise. Yeah, again, like this movie could have been. I keep saying this, but there's a version of this movie where instead of Doctor Strange as a villain or something like that, Doc Ock is the only returning villain. Yeah. Or, instead, and, and the original the original script treatment had Captain Marvel involved. And wow, this was going to be yeah, more I cosmic mean, and about the whole. We forgot the fucking. A reveal at the beginning of the film uh, it was like, well, you could talk to Nick Fury. Oh, yeah. Well, Nick Fury's Nick been off planet for five years. Yeah, he's not here. And yeah. it's like, wait, what? what? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Because it's hinting at secret invasion. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that in, in here. I it's, think. Also, it's also a cute reference to the joke at the post credit scene in Far From Ho- Far From Home, yeah, where, where Nick Fury is just rest, is just sun tanning yeah. on a scroll ship. Can you see that? Yeah. Like that's yeah. that that is literally he's tanning in front of the sun, like. Yeah, and like, uh, and like, it's it's interesting because it's, it's this movie is so good. It's very good. I, I have to I have to give it a lot of yeah. praise. Yeah, seriously, it's, watch this film. Yeah, it's and, it's excellent. And so, this fight scene happens. Peter saves the caller's missions lady, and defeats Doc Ock in a very really cool comic booky yeah. Peter Parker yeah. way. And not, Instead yeah. of punching him like harder like way. a DBZ. In a way that references what could only be considered a almost throwaway line in Spider-Man Two, uh, be- with the tech. Yeah, yeah, because what they because so f- what happens uh, to quickly get through it after the beautiful fight that also takes full advantage of where they're fighting, which I also want to say is full long sweeping, is long sweeping shots, really good quick punches and jabs, and also making understanding why what would these characters do. In this, in, on a on a traffic full bridge, <laughs> Spider-Man and bridges, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, all three trilogies, yeah. or all three series. Yeah. Sorry, to- sorry, uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it might be one day. Sorry, and, Andrew Garfield, yeah. which is real sad because he was like the big Spider-Man nerd of the uh, of the three. I have a lot to say about and, and, Amazing Spider-Man once we get there. Anyways, anyways, anyways. anyways so, <laughs> so what ends up happening is that he rips off a part of the Stark nano suit, and then when he tr- and then he uh, takes out the. Tenic- the blade out of his tentacle to yep. go stab here because he ripped off the chest piece. The suit nanotechs all- from his helmet to his chest stops him from being hurt. Otto suddenly realizes, wait a second, who are you? I'm Peter Parker. Who are you? Yeah, yeah you're not my Peter. <laughs> then he steals a part of the na- the, s- the nanotech from the suit. It adds and you see the, the upgraded arms, yeah. which I think was a 
um, it was a red herring in the trailers because you're like, oh, like if like like because the trailers are like, oh, they're gonna get the Star Tech computer is gonna be low tech mm-hmm. again, like in mm-hmm. like in Homecoming, but instead we get this really brilliant scene where Peter literally uses his tech knowledge <laughs> against against Otto because like, oh, you have the nanotech. He realizes looking down at his wrist that. Oh, there's a connection with those tentacles. And this is what this is the part I was referencing is in Spider-Man Two. There's a single line that where uh, our boy uh, where Otto says that the command and control systems for the tentacles are nanotechnology. Really? Yes. Wow. That's the only part that they could make nanotech because he was like, I had to make everything else mechanical because the nanotech for the command con- command control alone was expensive. And wow. So, which is why he had to get Oscorp. That's to fund so the cool. project to create that command so and control unit. That's why it's also su- yeah. super easy to believe that the nanotech, yeah. that super small amount, would where would the nanotech be? It would go to the area that it would go to the control scheme. It'd literally be the veins of the arms leading up to the control unit, chi- the control chip. This movie's so tightly written. Oh, yeah. It's, it is. It's great. fantastic. Clear and concise. Yeah, it's very great. To quote yeah. Mike Sacasa, Good fucking script. Yeah, like, <laughs> that really makes or breaks a lot, especially a superhero film mm-hmm. make and break it nowadays. Yeah, nowadays. Too. Yeah, because this isn't like where this isn't Blade, where Wesley Snipes can just kill whoever the fuck he wants. Yeah. This yeah, isn't exactly, Sam Raimi's yeah. Spider Man, where you can where you can literally have Bone Saw McGraw <laughs> in, in a in a scene. This is this Ooh. is now. Bonesaw. This He's is ready. This is now the. <laughs> The, po- oh the post-Endgame world of comic book films. A very different where setting. Either it's... Uh, the only two things you see in comic book films or shows is escalation or... Or setup. Consequence. Yeah. Or setup. Yeah. But now, because of this film, consequence is now an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or more so in the movies than less so in the series because we've already had that yeah. for several series. Um, and... Uh, Doc, uh, Molina's Doc Ock fits in this universe snugly. Yeah. It's, 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 almost, nice. it's almost like he hasn't aged... Since yeah. Spider-Man Two, well, they actually but, went and uh, digitally yeah. changed. Uh, yeah, they, they, I, I noticed. I noticed that much. Yeah, they yeah. de the two actors who were kind of too old to convincingly pull off their old looks. Yeah, and like, and even if there was the case where it was just them normally without them be not looking the way they were back when they first filmed, like you could be convinced as like this: these are these versions of these characters that have been fighting with their respective Spider-Man for mm-hmm. a lot longer. You, yeah, you could have, especially where you that. have Peter B. Parker in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Being, like, supposedly our our Tobey Maguire chum Spider-Man. Yeah, mm. that was the idea. Yeah, so like, like those villains may not have died in one version of that reality. Yeah, but in, and actually that's a good point. Uh, uh, something we learn from here, and they kind of go into it more later, is that this Doc Ock isn't a post Spider-Man Two Doc Ock. It is a plucked directly from the middle of the plot, right, right at the end, right it. at the Doc fight. Yep, and. Yeah. Uh, Put into this um, universe, and uh, that's partly why he's uh, asking certain questions to Peter and treating Peter extremely hostily. Where and, am I? Where's yeah. the tritium? You took my device. Because he just had the tritium. He just had the device, and suddenly, where, where he's suddenly on where a bridge. The fuck are we? And then I'm not sure how we get to the bridge to um, the he, jail. I don't know so what to call it. He, well, so what happens? He brings him to the sanctum. Well, first, we yeah. forgot something very important. What's that? 
a certain little explosive device lands <laughs> on the bridge, right, and we yeah. see Green Goblin in his super then, Sentai outfit. And then, and then, and <laughs> then fucking, hilarious. and then fucking Doc Ock and Peter get bamfed away from, with uh, yeah. the help of Doctor Strange. That's what happens. He happened, sling yes. rings them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he, Peter's like, "What the? What, what was that?" And Stephen's like. This is this is why all spells have consequences, and you need to read them thoroughly, Peter. Yep. And now we're kind of in the movie. We're yes. now in, we're now in the problem. Everything before this was great. Oh yeah, but um, I could definitely see a pacing issue mm-hmm. from this point on. Um, this movie ramps, and it does not let up. <laughs> yeah, is, we are on the we are on the build up for the the climbing up of this roller coaster. Yeah, we're on the hill, <laughs> and for sure. Yeah, and then what? And so we also get to see uh, just that the lizard is here now. Yeah, uh, from the Amazing Spider-Man universe, oh, where yes. we've already learned that okay, we have a villain from the Andrew Garfield movies, and we have a villain from the um, Sam Raimi films. Yeah. And and what's really cool is that like even Doc Ock's like, what what is that thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you you're like, oh god, Doctor Connors is like fully yeah. bestial. He's not he's not himself. This is like. Him at the climax of um, yep. Amazing Spider-Man, yep. he's less of a man and more of a beast. Yep. And uh, and then you have then you, then Strange is like I fall I found this one in in the sewers in the sewers and and you see him have the same I think the same scars in the same location that Andrew Garfield Spider-Man had with his first sewer fight in the film. Yep. <laughs> so it's like oh god, there's so much there's so much clear yeah. connection yeah. Great, with these films, uh, and it's like oh attention the, to detail the first fight that they have. Is in the sewer yep. be- mm-hmm. with the whole spider web thing, which I think is still the coolest thing that's never been replicated. I could talk all even day in about comic the books. Spider-Man movies. Mm. Um, so, actually, that that uh, thing is in the PS One Spider-Man game. That's cool. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So the so like you get all these references to the to the previous films, and then I think the coolest thing because like the whole the whole you feel like at this point the movie the the way to solve this problem is like it's going to be a pokemon collectathon of all these it people could that have been, and, and he's it, and he's and cuz steven's like very clearly it's like five people have entered or no, no five mm-hmm. cuz he doesn't know about one and I, have, I have a theory about that when we get to that point at the end of the discussion there is technically a so, sixth one you get this whole point of there's five of them in the city we have to get all of them I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you this enchantment. He like uh, he takes away the the Stark wrist uh, wristband for the nano suit and enchants it and upgrades it like that, mm-hmm. and then now, gives it back to him. Because now he's got sling webs. It's yes, like, you now have. He's a web slinger. You have. <laughs> you have. You have three shots of this. Oh no, he has infinite. From no, what he I, has three. I didn't. Re- I don't. It's three I chances. He. he uh, I he think get, there is a limited amount. I don't okay. know if it is three. Because but he, it is he, a limited he, amount. He says three because okay. he's already captured the lizard man. Mm-hmm. And then Peter just brought in Doc Ock with Steven's help. Yeah. With the Banff. So, and then we get to, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, there's, there's, um, there's three. And he's like, well, yeah, there was one on the bridge. You took him away from us when we're going. He's like, his name is, his name. He was a big green elf. Big green elf. (laughs) He was a brilliant scientist. That's so funny. His name, his name was Norman Osborn. But, but it's impossible, but it's impossible. Well, why do you say that? Because he's been dead for several years. And you're like, this is the point for me where the writing went from like, this is really good set to, oh, oh yeah. shit. Wow. Yeah. This isn't just plucking these these characters from their respective film franchises. This is... Plucking them oh, from their continuity. From yeah. their continuity like a comic book. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Mm. It's very comic booky. And, Again, and, good yeah. fucking script. Yeah, it's so tight. It's It's... 
there are holes, but they're so small that you can barely see through them. They're minute, and yeah. if anything, they are actually plot devices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're forgivable okay. because they every they get everything that's important right. And uh, um, we did miss one uh, small detail earlier. Um, when Spider-Man is... Uh, being hounded by media and stuff, mm -hmm. somebody throws green paint oh, yeah. on his suits. Yeah, and, and he's yeah. trying to wash and out his wash primary suit yeah. the whole time. So he ends yeah. up having to flip it inside out, which gives it a kind of black suit feel. Looks but it also kind of like the people. Like the first a lightning proof suit. Yeah, yes, it does, it does. Which actually kind of does help out. So what with he that. uses to so fight the, the next scene, yeah. So the next scene we get is um, so Peter's like, "Look, I can't do this by myself. I need to bring in my team." And Steven's like. Oh, please don't tell me you're going to bring those two in. And then, yeah. lo and behold, uh, Ned leads in uh, Michael Jim. Jones. Yeah. Michelle Jones. Michelle right. Jones walk in to, this, yeah. uh, to the sanctum, and Ned's, Ned is clearly more into this as a fanboy. And you get this subtle reference yeah. of, like, you know, my grandmother has always said that there's been magic in her blood. And yeah. he's like... Which is it, funny at the time. It, You're like, oh, that's cute. He thinks he's magic. It's funny. Steven. You should get that the tingling in your fingers checked. And it's probably poor circulation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and that's sort of, like, the joke that uh, Steven, uh, Steven Strangers plays off with that. And then they go and they have the basement joke. Yep. Oh, and that, yeah, that's we did, however, we did get to see uh, this um, Michelle MJ put, a, put Steven in his place. Yeah, she put the screws on him a little bit. Because, you know, he said... This is your problem. Scooby Doo this shit. Yeah. He's like, and she just, you know, I know a magic word. I know a magic word. <laughs> and then she also, and then she also yeah. says, since this was your magic spell, isn't this your fault? And Steven's like, you can't or deny it. There's, 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 there's a magic word that you could use. And he's like, fine. Please Scooby Doo this shit. Yeah. And I'm like, and, then, and I'm like, are it's we great. gonna get, are we gonna get a, a MA Scooby Doo crossover with into the, with uh, the Nick Spider Verse film? Well, only if it's Scooby Doo <laughs> got a clue. Scooby Doo's yes. always crossing over with things. It can happen. Yeah. Though since they're a Warner Brothers property, probably not. Oh yeah, probably you're right. Not, yeah. Yeah. They do cross over with Batman and stuff. Batman the Brave and the Bold and yeah. Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yes. They did an Adam West one in the '60s too. So we now get to the point where there's some more. Uh, interpersonal relationship set up as Ned and MJ meet um, see Otto Octavius in a really hilarious way and he's like who's that guy I'm, doc uh, I'm Dr. Otto Octavius <laughs> no really <laughs> what's, what's your real, real name, name? Yeah. <laughs> because this is making fun of the comic book Name trope that St that uh, Stan Lee would follow with yep. these alliterative with these and also names. The, the Sam Raimi kind of cheesiness you know and I think yeah. that's that's cool also um I think it's very smart that, I th and this might have been a Kevin Feige thing, but um, Feige right, um, yeah. thing, uh, but uh, making using Molina's Doc Ock from Spider Man Two to mm. be this Spider Man's Doc Ock is brilliant. Oh, I yeah. think, and it definitely circumvents. So this one yeah. definitely circumvents the issue of having two actors having played the same character. That yeah, exactly. It and that odds the fandom will always have. Well, we still get to have these classic very famous ditko era villains we, yeah, we yeah. still get our well we still have our lizard we still have our um we still have our doc ock we still have the other two yep and uh, three the other three uh, we're, we have the two we're, that are major presence in this in this film right and uh it's, it's smart because i have the so expectation right, three, three. yeah i have the expectation that the spider-man would eventually fight these villains or whatever because they're so important to his mythos mm -hmm. and by putting them all in one movie and doing them all justice you kind of you you kind of catch up 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this is and, the, and this is going to be another thing. It might be another podcast thing, but it also might be like a comment to dovetail into that sort of subject. Mm-hmm. But I think this is setting up um, what I believe Phase Four is going to be: Marvel's all new, all different. Yeah, hmm. it's uh, going to be a some... collision of these franchises because there's definitely a lot of backroom discussions because mm-hmm. of some of the franchise uh, lead-ins that they do with this film for other film studios. Yes, not just Dis- not just Disney Marvel. Yes. So. Uh, they set up their command center in the basement near the Undercroft. Our, bo- and our, our boy Ned keeps looking for torture devices. As then, <laughs> as then, they pick up an energy signature going outside of the city. No, they get a report of a military base Actually, in northern New York um, getting attacked. Or does, was it t- does the confrontation between Peter and Strange happen here? or is It, after? it, happens, it happens, this happens well after okay. this. So, it happens after, so, after the catch them all. Okay. And so they get the report that... Uh, there was a military base in northern New York that was attacked. Mm-hmm. And as Peter's, like, swinging around the city waiting for a report to come in, yeah. he's like, that sounds like our, our yeah, he... that sounds like our goblin guy. Let's go, I'm going to go after him. And he starts swinging through. And then his spider sense trips off and he stops. And, and no one... Ned and MJ are like, hey, uh, Peter, what's wrong? He's like, and... something, something, uh, something's throwing off. Give, give me a second. And we get our first clue. The only thing around is just trees and power lines. And then... Dust in the wind. Hmm. As like that was a really cool sound of him. Like, oh, is this gonna be th- this fight? And then it, then you start seeing the the the, the arcing lightning between the power lines. Like, yeah, oh man, we're getting here now. Yeah, it's electro, <laughs> yeah, and it's like you get to see Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man Two, which was arguably the worst fucking version of Electro you could put into that fucking film because <laughs> it conflated the classic Electro. From the Ditko era with the Ultimate Spider-Man yeah, Electro, it's not but really in this film like... they make him the classic Ditko era Electro. Yes. I actually think they make. I think Electro in this movie is fantastic. Oh, he's great. Yeah, um, you do get a little hint because he's if... one of the. He's actually one of the better mid mid villain tier yeah. villains in this film. I, I think he's fantastic, and uh, when he does show up, he makes a. First of all, he's no longer blue. Um, that was, he, he that was no Jamie longer... Foxx required that. Yes. Jamie Foxx is like, I don't want to look ugly as fucking yeah, hell. I don't like, want to be Sony blue. made me look yeah. like. Uh, and he actually does mention something about, well, I have my body back now. And um, yeah, his characterization is a little bit different too. And that's actually a plot point for the character. Mm-hmm. As well as it ties to the plot point of another villain that pops in the scene and actually helps Peter because yes. we have Sandman it's... from the from Spider-Man 3. It's your boy Flint. It's your boy Flint. Flint's like, Hey, hey Spider-Man, what are you doing here? And like this is like I feel like this is like this isn't Flint Marco before the final fight scene in Spider-Man 3. This is Flint Marco as he literally becomes dust in the wind. Yeah. yeah. But I will yeah, I will say the, Because his plot his his whole plot never got resolved. Yeah, the, and I really. will say this is the one another small hiccup in the film is how is uh, Electro here? He ne- yes. they actually make a point of it, a little joke out of it at the climax. He doesn't he never knew who Spider-Man was. Yeah. The one theory I can think of is that he, this is him right as he's getting turned into pure electricity by Peter. Perhaps he unintentionally picked up some data that, and he has it stored away in an unconscious part of his mind that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That's yeah. the only thing I can think like of that I makes said, it make sense. Like I said, there are holes, but they're still... Well, like, wasn't he also tied to the Oscorp mainframe for a brief moment of time? Yeah. That's where he knows, because There's, Oscorp knows his... Yeah. Here's what I'll say. But like I said, he only knows subconsciously. Here's what I'll say. There's nothing in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 that says he doesn't know. Yeah, ironically... Sorry, yeah. It, it's just ironically this one thing. that It's actually this movie that introduces that plot hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is funny. It, it, yeah. What's funny is that it kind of resolves it in a way where you're like, wait a second. 
there's a lot of shit that's tied to this. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was tied to the mainframe. He likely knows because Oscorp in that film are, like, bio biopunk terrorists yeah, that are doing human ultimate. experimentations yeah. in mm. New York. So they purposely they purposely knew Peter was going to be in that room and set mm. up the whole thing. It's, it's it's fine. You know what? Electro in this movie is awesome. I'm glad oh, yeah. he's yeah. in it. And I'm he's great. He's he's really movie, good. This yeah. fight is great though, because yeah. it shows that like oh, because uh, because Peter's like realizing like oh you're a sand a sand guy. Oh, we can ground him. Yep. We just gotta yeah. separate him from his current from his current. And Flint's just like got it. Yeah, the, and the two work very well together despite having never met each other. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's just because, like, Peter's playing it off that, like, okay, he knows me. I'm just going to go with this because yeah. I can mm. got knocked two for one. Because he and, missed his first slingshot. Yeah, and a tree got uh, sent to the little Undercroft jail. As a joke. Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. It's the sixth, me- it's the sixth villain. Yeah, <laughs> the tree is the sinister. <laughs> the arborist. <laughs> yes. That's so, funny. So, so this, this, this fight gets to the point where they start... They get him... They get... Electro knocked down and con- controlled to a single point to become his flesh self. And then get him clothes, because he's buck-ass naked and don't give him clothes. Yeah. <laughs> which I think was a really good, yeah. interesting detail, because yeah, you're like, how, fun, does, yeah. how does Electro from Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. can keep having clothes? Yeah, it doesn't really. Because he, yeah. when it comes to pure energy, he doesn't need them, because yeah. he's kind of genderless. Yeah, yeah. And so they quickly... they're kind of genderless. <laughs> and so then he quickly slings those two back in there. Yep, uh, Electro actually he gets dressed in like a fireman suit or something yeah, like that. because there, yeah. there, there's a transformer station nearby, so there's yeah, a, a line suit there. It's yeah. a line and Peter's so. like, that's gonna keep him contained, yeah. and it looks great. It's yeah, it's a, a perfect Electro costume. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, and then yeah. he slings. No, we haven't seen the he, perfect he, Electro costume he yet. Slings yeah. the one with the he, he, he slings Electro away, uh, and then Flint's like, I mean, that is in this film. It's like, it's like, what you don't know? Did you kill him? No, what? Electro's mask is in the movie. I did not notice it. You didn't notice look at, it? Look no. at the electrical... Oh, hold on. We'll get there. Because comic book accurate costumes are going to be back uh, uh, Hold it. Hold, hold I want to hear him say it. I had no idea that this we'll was a get it's there. In the, It is shown there. in the scene. It's in the, fi- it's so, it's in the final fight. It's in the scene, okay. too. Wow. I didn't Very, know. It's subtly hinted at in the, scene, in the first scene. That's it's people. It's something that people won't catch if they don't, aren't watching carefully. But what it's more important later on. I never, I did not pick it up. Because <gasps> what a hard thing to make work in live action, that goddamn costume. <laughs> yeah. That fucking yeah. mask. <laughs> it's <laughs> nuts. So, it's very 60s. Yeah. So you get you get this moment where Flint's like, what'd you do? What'd you do to him? Did you kill him? He's like, and Peter's like, no, 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 no. I just, I sent him away. He's like, what do you mean you sent him away? And you I sent him to the wizard. So, and, and like, you, <laughs> you, you think there's about to be another fight. And then Peter's like, I can't deal with this. And slings him away. Yep, and then of... Peter's like, well, fuck, I'm out of charges. And oh shit, I've caused a mess. I got to clean this up because I need to make sure MJ and Ned go to college. So yeah. he, they then cut to him exactly. that mo- following morning. Having exhausted himself and fixed it. Yes. And probably used up all of his spare yes. web charges. To fix the fucking power lines. Uh, one quick note: Flint Marco in this movie, Sandman, is uh, he's only ever in his sand form, yeah. which is which I think is hinting at the fact that he's he uh, his uh, d- his DNA and his ability to retain his own mass is slowly but surely unraveling. And sure. because it, this movie brings up a very interesting point about the Sam Raimi films and the Amazing Spider-Man films that the villains are set up differently, mm-hmm. but. In the sense of how they where they end up, because mm. the Sam Raimi films have them have like a traditional villain arc that sort of mirrors the hero's arc in that in those in those stories. They're very thematically relevant. They're, they're thematically yeah, relevant. Whereas Amazing Spider-Man is not more at of all. like a, more of like a 
Ultimate Spider-Man comic book film yeah. of where they're separate. The, they're arcs, they're, they're, they're victims. Related. They're victims of their hubris or they're yeah. victims of circumstance and yeah. accidents. Yeah. Yeah. But then very... ultimately become villains because of realizing they have become your gods, which mm. is yeah. referenced later on in this film, which yeah. is great. What is he? He's got to watch for your step. Yeah. And so then they're all. <laughs> and then if I recall correctly, they're all sitting around in the basement. Yes. And then May calls. Yes. No. We cut to Peter. Uh, we cut to Peter uh, swinging back, and then we get oh, the alley scene. Then we get the yeah. alley scene, right? We get uh, you wow. get to see Norman Osborn, <gasps> Norman, not the Goblin, yes. in the suit, and you see the ma- classic mask it's, that 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 fucking poor Willem Dafoe hated because he couldn't he couldn't act thoroughly through it because they had to use this mask instead of an animatronic one because they were like. You can't do an R-rated Spider-Man film that has to be PG-13. Here's what I'll say. They uh, made the realization that everybody who knows Willem Dafoe made the second they saw him. Uh, The man's already got a goblin costume. It's his face. He doesn't need the mask. And so we get that very classic Spider-Man 1 scene. Yeah. You're awake. You're awake, Norman. And then what does Norman do? He just smashes that goddamn thing. And that's a hint that, and that's a hint that, or that's an answer to a question that I've always had since I first watched that film when I was six years. When I was, was I six years old? I was like, came out in two thousand one. I was seven. I was was six, turning seven at the time when that movie came out. Really? Hell yeah! That movie's. When were you born? I was born in ninety five. Ninety seven. So I was six. So, the. 95, was, 96, 97. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm old. So, all right, Grimes. Oh, so, all right, Daddy. The, this answer, I'm gonna send you to the shadow realm, Jimbo. So, this is this answer. This scene answers a question of mine because he throws something. He throws something so nondescript, like just like a a, a rock. A rock. But the fact of the matter is, is he shatters the mask, which mm-hmm. is made of military grade polymers, which should resist that. Mm-hmm. Norman unpowered. Still has this his superhuman effects. Yeah. Yes. Because in the comic books, he's always reserved. He's he's resigned. He's sort of like Lex Luthor in that way. But he's when he's the legal. goblin, he's just a fucking psycho. Yeah. He's just a berserker. In the comics and a little bit in this movie, he's always struck me as what if Lex Luthor's secret identity was the Joker? Yes. yes. You know, and, that's kind of how he so, feels. That's a big oversimplification, but in though essence. This, though in this one, it's more like what if Clark Kent's secret identity was the Joker yeah, with the Sam Raimi exactly. and, and it very much plays into this one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so totally. you get so you, get, you 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 see him hide the glider. He breaks the mask, and you hear the goblins' laughter with the shattered mask. Like no matter what Norman tries to do, he's gonna fail at getting rid of this problem. Yep. And then you get a really good scene with the villains in the Undercroft before Aunt May calls. Yeah, they basically because all a, of them are cute. They have they all have a dialogue. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Connors is like, "Wait, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Hey, you're supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be dead." And then Flip Marco's like, wait a second, you're here? You're, you died. You died. And it's like, it's, wait, Osborne's alive? Yeah. Osborne's around? He died too. And then this is where they real, This is where Stephen Strange says something very important, which leads into the scene following the next one coming up. He's like, Peter, these are all people who have died because of knowing Spider-Man's identity. Which is, they're here because the spell that we made mm-hmm. where they people are supposed to forget brought people who know who Spider-Man is, is here, and also Electro. <laughs> and, 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 and they all died, except Lizard. And Peter's like, but wait, we, can, can we help them? And Steven's like, no. They're, we have to send them back. Their fates have been sealed. You cannot change fate. Yeah, he says, you know, if there's... Yeah, oh, no, sorry, that was the next scene. Never mind. So, and, and Peter's like, okay, okay. And then he gets a call from Aunt May, like, 
hey Peter, someone you know is someone who knows you is here, and he's like, oh fuck. Yep. And then he's like emergency immediately like running to the soup kitchen like, oh man, <laughs> where yeah. To feast, which yeah. is great, a great in- inclusion. Great yeah. inclusion. Comic reference, video game reference. It's it's good. And and it's, it's subtle. It doesn't. It, it's, yeah, it doesn't it, really linger. Yeah, we'll get it, negative. It's just, it's just a. Yeah. It's just a <laughs> that would not be cool. It's just a bam. You're there, yeah. and then you get this really heartbreaking scene. Yeah. With Norman, it's yeah. it's so good because he's. Can I just it, say, like Willem Dafoe in this movie is amazing. I, I would argue, and I'm not the only person to argue mm-hmm. this, I think Totally Not Mark did as well. Yeah. Uh, I think he's better in this movie than he is in Spider-Man 1. Well, yeah, because this is a completely different sort of comic book film. This is yeah. comic book films after 20 years yeah. of evolution. Yeah, this, and this one just lets him capital A act. Yes. This it's, isn't, this isn't following wild. like a Sam Raimi horror movie trope. This isn't following yep. like uh, a uh, an Eggers film where he's literally playing off of Robert Pattinson and jerking yep. off on top of a lighthouse, <laughs> which that's also good acting. Yeah. Great, but this is him taking a character that he he's, was like, "I'm gonna act this character yeah. out," and actually yeah. doing him yeah. justice. He's sympathetic. He's tragic. He's heartbreaking. He's but like, he's I also, went to my house it, and someone else lives there. Oscorp doesn't exist. He, he, and my son, yeah. my son, he can't even bring himself yeah. to say. And it. it's like. And it's like, oh my god! It's like he—he he actually loved Harry. He yeah. just looks like this poor, beaten puppy, broken. And uh, I mean, it's—it's it's wonderful. He also mentions something that I uh, uh, thought was interesting. He mentions mm-hmm. how someone else is living in his house. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you think about it, the New York City that Sam Raimi's Spider-Man takes place in is still the same New York mm-hmm. that this Spider-Man takes place in. So it—it it could be the same building. Which is uh, that kind and of it, contrast with Amazing and it, and, Spider-Man? And honestly, there's like an Oscorp power any, that doesn't with, exist with, in real life. With any, with any sort, without any sort of context, without like seeing him go to that house. For all we know, it could be the Osborns. He just doesn't know it. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Yeah, it could. Or like he thinks it's a different Osborne family. Yep. And he's like, wait, this is not my house anymore. My keys mm-hmm. don't work. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. It was cool. Yeah, Again, and, attention to detail. Yeah, and the Sam Raimi films, they played with it. They, we got to see little bits and pieces of Norman Osborne's real character. Yeah. But this movie... but Brings his capital C character. Yeah, yeah it, pl- it takes those seeds and just makes a full fucking plant out of yeah. it. Uh, I think uh, Willem Dafoe is... W- one of the people who really stands out in this movie and the other <laughs> one we will get to in a second but um wow uh green it's, goblin in this film is in 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 phenomenal and we get a really important part of aunt may's character development through this trilogy mm-hmm. where peter's like we gotta send them back he and he like he whispers to him it's like they all died yeah and aunt may is like you essentially she says you have a responsibility yeah. to save them yeah. to help them yeah and, yeah and he's like but 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 they have to go back because like, like, they're not my problem. Like Peter's making the Peter's yeah they're not my problem. Peter's making what is arguably the logical decision that Strange has yeah. already made for him. The logical, and then, the fair decision too. And then Aunt May's like it's it's your responsibility responsibility to give them a chance and do what you can to help them. Yep. If you can't, then you send them back. Yep. But you have to, you owe them. You gotta try. You owe them. To, you owe you owe them the right and you owe them the right to try yep mm. i think it's a very spider-man lesson and um without getting too much into what happens later um the other spider-men in their movies they they these characters die but it wasn't because that's what they wanted yeah if they it's had because the they died to... of they died of circumstance yeah. exactly yeah, so but... it was it's very like spider-man-y and very like as a spider-man fan it's very cool to see Aunt May be like, hey, you should try and save... This. They have a second chance. Mm-hmm. This, another uh, theme of this movie is second chances. Yeah. And uh, you should give these characters a second chance because they, they deserve it. 
-hmm. Especially where you have like people like Electro and like Lizard Man in a yep. film series that was like really had a toss up of trying to set up villains instead of Rose Gallery problems without really yeah. justifying their inclusion. I, again, like yeah. all of the problems and, and that again, those movies had, this movie avoids yeah. deathly. And like and and it's mostly because I think um, I've always I've always argued that Marvel has handled their characters a lot better than the original studios that owned them did. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man's Spider-Man 1 and 2, those were lightning in a bottle because mm -hmm. it was the, our first mod, like our first uh, turn-of-the-century um, superhero films. They, they sort of crystallized what Batman 89 had kind of introduced to With the public. Marvel. Monsters, you know? mm -hmm. oh, yeah, exactly. Because, like, because yeah. between Spider-Man 1 and 2, you had the Hulk film, which did horrendous. <laughs> yeah, and no. then after that, you have Spider-Man 2. Then you have Spider-Man 3, which did horrendous, yep. arguably, to, for the fans. Mm -hmm. um, I think time has been kinder to it than most movies, but I don't think it is. And it's mostly good. because of like a lot of like the interviews with Sam Raimi about what the original script treatment was, because yeah, it was exactly. supposed to be more about but Harry, again, M like, Harry, MJ, a, and Peter. A lot of the problems Spider-Man 3 has, this movie just sees and says, well, I'm going to just write around just, it. It says, miss yeah. me with that shit. Yeah, exactly. And so, so like, moving forward in the narrative, because this is about, this is, I would say, like, about Act 3, because this is, like, a four-act structure. Yeah, it is about a four-act thing. You so, could maybe argue five, but I think four. I, I say four with a hint at a fifth, which could yeah. be a dovetail for the next film. This exactly. Is, this is the Joe Haku that we're in here, so, to use yeah. Kabuki terms. Yeah. And so, we're in. You, so, Peter walks in with Norman, and Otto's like, you're supposed to be dead, Paul Osborne, yeah. and he's like, Octavius. What happened to you? What happened to you? Like, what happened to you? What happened to you? You're supposed to be dead. What? You like, died fighting Spider-Man. Also, like, it's cool that they know each other because there's nothing in the same Raimi movies that say well, they do. But he, no, there is. There, there's subtext that where uh, the only reason why Octavius was able to get funding from Oscorp is because he knew. Norman. Oh, okay. yeah. And yeah. Harry's like, well, you were a friend of my father's. And of course, I can trust you with yeah. my funding. They're oh, okay. old friends. They're old lab buddies. Then just that Norman went more into the business side of yeah. things, while he, Otto wanted to remain pure, a pure research side. And, very and he, ta he talks about mm -hmm. that with Peter during the dinner scene in Spider-Man oh. 2. That's been a while since I've clearly. He's like, yeah, but Norman went to the went, was more about the business where I was about the development, the actual hard concrete science. It's mm. where you get the it's it's where you get the repetition of the whole theme of Peter in that movie being lazy because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he's getting too used to living too much. Well, then that's another example of just how much attention to detail this this film. It, I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like I feel I feel like all of the script writers from the these these previous films that were like the primary mm -hmm. like credited writers for these films were likely ghost writers who mm -hmm. underwrote the script. Like, hey, yeah. can I have your script? for the subtext of this relationship hey yeah. can i get the themes from I, the themes from your film yeah. in your notes from I, I wouldn't be surprised if a script doctor came in and just like i've watched all the spider-man movies i have six times. i have i have injected them yeah. directly to <laughs> my, my face yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i will take a pass at this and i will make sure everything makes sense but um if it's okay with you guys i think we should speed this up yeah. a little bit the movie's gonna get faster anyway well, i, I so, say this i say this at this point this is gonna be this is should be a part one podcast Maybe I think we should. There's still too much to unpack to rush. So I think we're gonna take our time and like go scene by scene, definitely. So I think I think we should end off with the, the act three climax. Okay. Which is, let's get to that point. You know the point I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what point you're talking about. Let's get to the scene. Okay. So let's get to the let's get to the big sass. So so so, Norman and everyone in the room. All the rogues in the, in the gallery at this point are all slowly realizing, like, wait, we're going to get sent back? And Peter's like, well, he's having this 
crisis of consciousness, mm -hmm. of conscience. Like, I don't know what to do. And then Stephen Strange is like, come on, Peter, stop wasting your time. Bamps Norman into, uh, into, into, a cell. into a cell. Yeah. And he's like, Peter, help me. Yeah. And he's like, but can we at least try to help them? It's like, their fates have already been written in their own universes the and realities. We cannot, we cannot mess with the fabric of reality. Messy things happen because of it. Yeah, he, he, the, de the deaths of these five men are worth infinitely more, or is definitely worth the price of the cost of the millions if they were to stay alive. Because he says that if these, that these, if the spell isn't undone, all the multiverse is going to converge. Every single person that knows who Peter Parker is we'll is going to land. Here. And let's not forget, the multiverse is infinite. Yep. Which means an infinite amount of people are going to be crowding into a finite space. They're going to destroy. The, the, the cinematic universe if they don't Argu do it. Arguably an actual infinity war. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so in, in Steven's like, I'm sorry, Peter, but their fates are sealed. And then Peter gets this look in his eye. He looks at MJ and Ned and MJ understands exactly what's going and on. Ned is, like, like... Ned, Ned is like, uh, lights are on, no one's home yeah. about this entire situation because he's, he's, <laughs> he's weirded out about what's going in. on. And then Peter's like, Whip. Yeah, and, and he steals the Rubik's cube that holds the spell. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because he, he he names off the name of the artifact that's trapped that, that's contained the spell, and like earlier on, and he's like, it's and, called the Rubik's cube, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, <laughs> the Rubik's cube, yeah. and and, and Strange is like, don't do it, Peter. And he's like, I gotta try, yep. and it's like, mm -hmm. that's the Peter that we know. But, yeah, very much. Oh so. God, the uh, yeah. oh no, it's why isn't it the actual <laughs> consequences of my own actions? Yeah. And then we get a cool scene where <laughs> very fun I, I think he's like gets lingering outside, and Doctor Strange does that body push thing where he, where he pushes out his astral self. Oh, he's yeah. like, am I dead? Yeah. He's like, no. no, this is just your astral self, yeah. and he tries to take the cube, and then the, his body is just. Because the spider sense kind of is spider just working on yeah. automatic. That shouldn't be possible. Yeah. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm Peter Parker. I'm the fastest man alive. <laughs> because I'm like, that's the that's the spider that's the that's Mad that's Madam Webb's whole that's spider sense. That's the danger sense. sense. That's the danger yeah. sense that Madam Webb is just like I could yeah. I could try to flick you and you would be able to block it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's like just because that's what a spider does. Even yeah. when it's sleep, it knows yeah. exactly what's going on. And then we get and then we get cognition. This get... really epic fucking geometric fight scene. Yes. And gorgeous, first of all. Yeah. And, and visceral. The action in this movie is impressive. Mm -hmm. the, the, the the choreography of these scenes and the the photography and the fact that they they dump the entire likely the entirety of uh, the first Doctor Strange film's budget on this and fight scene, scene. Yeah. One into scene. one sequence. Yeah. The Act Three. It's climax. crazy. We're going through the mirror world. We're we're cracking dimensions. And, we're seeing everything and the that funny thing see from is, a Doctor Strange movie. And the funny thing is, is the way Peter beats him. Beats him. He uses fucking trigonometry. <laughs> he uses but, math. But at the magic. same time, it's like this proves as to why comic book Peter Parker mm -hmm. is leading the Secret War. Yeah. Because he's literally. Like the third smartest person, but the most creatively intelligent person. Yep. And that's that's uh, something that's cool about this movie too is that we get to see a lot of Peter being a smart guy. We don't see too much of it in the other movies. Because like there. in Homecoming, he's like doing permutations on how to like open up the big doors. Yep, yep. In Far From Home, it's like okay, how do I actually hack into Stark yep, Tech? We, I've never had to do this. Yeah, we get some of it, and it's like okay, he's this smart, movie but... is the culmination of his intelligence. Mm -hmm. not and I think to so, depend yeah. on and, Tony Stark at all. Yeah, and then this film is just like oh okay, hey, that's math. I'm just gonna put it right here. There, 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 there. And then 
the stranger's like, I'm sorry, Peter, I'm gonna have to keep, I'm gonna have to do this myself. And then Peter's like, well, I'm gonna defeat you with the power of math. math yeah. <laughs> and What's then cool is yeah. magic, mathematics. Yeah, and then, um, which is a very Peter Parker pun. Yeah. Uh, now I mean, we have uh, Doctor Strange is kind of out of the movie for a while. He's trapped, he's like, don't do he's this. Hanging, he's like, yeah. I owe it to them to try. Yeah. And he's taking Aunt May's words to heart. And he, he returns back to the basement and he tells uh, the villains there that, that that's exactly what he's gonna do. He's gonna try and cure them. He's, he's gonna, gonna try, fix, and try and make them better. And he's like, uh, and and, and like Norman's like, do you really think you can? And Peter's like, well, if you if you, if your guys' tech is not as advanced as ours, our advanced technology might be able to save all of you. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's also re- referencing to the recurring theme of like um, Peter's dependence upon Stark tech. Yep, and and it kind of it's actually neat how you say that because. He takes the villains in, in a van. In Aunt May's feast yeah, van. Yeah, also, also, a reporter for the... A, a snitch for the Daily for the uh, Daily Planet podcast is following them. Yes. And he calls J. Jonah Jameson, who's no longer without his pants behind, in front of a green screen behind a desk. He's now in a full-on Mc, McFuck studio. It's essentially InfoWars except green. Yeah. He, yeah. And, yeah it, it, and he even sells his little protein <laughs> shake. He's selling supplements. And he takes the phone call and he's like, what do you got for me? And he's like, uh, there's, so there's a van that's going to, back towards the apartment. All right, follow him. Because yeah. he like he wants yep. the expose, he wants to get this fucking kid. And, um, I have not seen fucking J.K. Simmons except uh, uh, like be so obsessive over a fucking child ever since <laughs> like, Whiplash. <laughs> ever since Whiplash, I'm going to fuck you like a pig. <laughs> All right, so we get this funny scene where it's literally it's almost like a weekend at Bernie's comedy. <laughs> yeah, of getting like these villains bit. up. All, yeah. uh, up into this building, and they're like, "Are we gonna bring the green, big green guy?" And he's like, "No, we can't." No, he's yeah, he's, he's the one the we can't bullshit. Yeah, yeah, we can't bullshit him yeah. through. They, they Happy's kind of bring gonna him ask through, questions. And, and um, I mean, Happy already has questions. Yeah, the first thing that happens is that well, not the first thing, but the the next point is that uh, Peter starts to try. He, he dusts off the fabricator from Far From Home. That's the and one then you thing get the you get the you get the uh, thing that breaks the tension of the scenes. Like, well. Well, this is our fabricator. We can we can do everything here. Yeah, and, and then he like, turns it on, and then and Otto is just freaking yeah. the hell out. He's just like, he's not happy. What does he say? He's like, we're gonna die. We're all gonna, gonna die. He's gonna kill he's us. He's gonna kill us. And uh, that, he's actually the first one that uh, he tries to heal, which makes a lot of sense. And, and, because and, 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 yeah, because his is just a simple. And, he already has half the solution. Yeah, and, le- and let alone Flint Marco is like constantly trying to rub sand off the couch. Yeah. Like he's Electro's just slowly like, disintegrating. Electro's just like, man, I could live in the city. I feel great energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, that's actually kind of important. Electro, another plot point. Yeah, because yeah, uh, one. Because one thing, very important thing to note is that this world is leagues ahead of the, the other two franchises in, in technology. technology. Yeah. Of course he's going to love their yeah. energy. It's so much... He likes the way he is. He got to reinvent himself. It's like he went to college. Yeah. He got yeah. to change himself. And he's cooler it's like we it's know like, that. It's like, he's had, it's, like, it's like the writers have had time to develop his character after his movie came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And also yeah. one thing to note is that his electricity in this world isn't the blue of The Amazing Spider-Man. It's yeah, proper it's, electric it's yellow. yellow. Yeah. Uh, again, like it's sort of a reinvention and they make that reinvention a point to the story into the character, yeah. which was why it works. Because if they well, didn't how, reference it, so we, how'd, how'd, you, how'd, you be, how'd you become the way you are? Yeah. I fell into a vat of eels. Oh, I went into an atomic collider. Gotta be careful where you step. step. Yeah. Gotta be careful where you yeah. step. Gotta be careful where you fall. It's very cool to see these characters come together and kind and of inter- inter- interact. Yeah, yes. like villains yeah. do in these comic yeah. book films. Because it's, it's, it's sort of like it's sort of like that episode of Batman the animated series where all they're all talking about where they almost got Batman. Mm. Oh, that's a great episode. And, 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 and like, this is, don't tell me I'm, I'm don't say anymore. I'm watching through the Batman. You'll love it. The you'll, you'll love right it. Now. I just got yeah. through uh, 
What was that episode I just got through? Oh, Matt, Matt is a Hatter. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's also a good one. Yeah. Bruce Timm is just yeah. really good. But like, Except, yeah. but the but the but the level of of conversational writing with the villains in that episode and like that series all together yeah. is very very indicative it of like those this. comic books. Yeah. But this feels like that. Yeah, now. it does. And yeah. we haven't yeah. had that in the MCU. Not really. No. Because yeah, we, we, we really we haven't st- had a big group of villains together. Yeah. 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 And like yeah, the the, the fun, first yeah. time that we kind of seen that is with like Infinity War Endgame because you have because you have you have the Black Order and everything but that's that's the same all, that's that's more of like a cult of personality yeah. with Thanos exactly, and yeah. less of like all these different individuals with their own goals but they're these all goals all characters. Yeah. And, together. Yeah, and they all we all very clear what each of these characters want you know we're clear Norman just wants to get be done with the goblin yeah. Otto wants to finish his experiment Electro wants to be a god. God, Flint Marker wants to get back to. He doesn't care about the rest. He just wants to get to his home. He wants to get to his daughter. And the lizard wants to turn everyone into lizards. <laughs> that's like, and that's, and that's the most hilarious. You gotta joke. respect it. And that's yeah. the most hilarious joke. Is like, I want to, to turn everyone into lizards. Man, you're a fucking psychopath. It's like, but come you, on, no one would be, die. There would be no. You wouldn't be saying no that if you were a lizard. lizard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It shows that that Doctor Connors is literally the craziest of them all. Yeah. It's great. Um, and, it, and it, well, it is said that he's the flat one. I mean, come on, he's the perfect one to pick for this. He, he is, yeah. If yeah. you were gonna make ones a little bit more humorous, that's the one you go with. Because he's also probably the like though. the weakest. That's the craziest villain that we've he seen. Is. He's also probably like the weakest in his own movie villain yeah. of the ones that they picked. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, in in his yeah. own movie, he's he's okay. I mean, he's fine. Yeah. yeah. But the, the issue is he's like hurt because like the one scene that's supposed to set him up is more about setting up Richard Parker. Yeah. Exactly. I was gonna yeah. say that. Uh, I think. Kurt Connors is okay in that movie, okay, but the lizard is kind of weak. I mean, his motivation is he wants to turn people into lizards. Yeah, it's it's like the fuck. It's like the pterodactyl man in the comic books. Oh, like Sauron. you're yeah. you're you're <laughs> such a genius. You can cure, you cure cancer, cancer, but I don't but want to. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> so like, it's, so it's referencing that yeah. really weird Steve Ditko yeah. era of like villains. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm missing an arm. Oh, my wife and children's the child see me grow my arm yeah. back. Then yeah, just turn into a lizard. <laughs> the, um, so Peter uh, works uses with the, uses the Norman fabric and yeah. uses the fabricator, which is really cool because that reference cool. that reference oh, is something we get to miss out on in the first Spider-Man film. Yep. Bree and I watched the first Spider-Man film um, uh, after we, we after we saw No Way Home. Mm. I was I was like I was rewriting the movie in my head. I do that sometimes, and I was like, you know what? You know who would have been a better villain in this movie? Vulture. Maybe, because yeah. he, because it's like a very grounded villain. You make him, a, you can make him a heister mm-hmm. like he was in the comic books, mm-hmm. and you have Norman Osborn develop as this father figure to replace Uncle Ben for Peter. Yep. And then you get that sort of tension between him and Harry, but you end that film with him becoming the Goblin to the set up the second movie, film, yeah. oh, and wait. then you have the second film set up the consequences. Yeah, of I mean, Green Goblin in, in the comic books, he didn't show up until episode uh, issue fourteen, and then even then, he didn't even really become a recurring villain until. 30, 40 issues later. When Stacey yeah. died. Yeah. yeah. No, no, before that. It was before that, but I mean, when Stacey dies in like, what is it, issue 100 and something? Yeah. Like, Mid-70s. Yeah. yeah. So, so, like, so, I mean, so, it takes so, a while for it to happen. So, Meanwhile, Vulture was a villain in issue four? Yeah. Issue one. Issue one. There yeah. you go. No, sorry, sorry, issue two. It was oh, issue one chameleon, chameleon and a runaway rocket yeah. Yeah. in issue yeah. one. Yeah. No, you're right. So, yeah. so and like in this Doc Ock was issue four. So in this movie, we get I think what is like the fir- argu- well, arguably for me the yeah. first fan service scene. You get to see the genius of Norman Osborn, the genius of Peter Parker together. actually working together yeah. to cure Doc Ock. Yeah. Because as it's like Norman's as, like I want to yeah. I want to help my friend. Because as really Norman cool. Osborn said in the first movie <laughs> and in this movie, he is something of a scientist. <laughs> I love that they lean into the meme, but and not a not in a cringy kind of way. It's also very 
justify it's it and it's shown afterwards. Yeah. It's a line that was in the movie and it made perfect sense in the thing and it's it's just and it I makes perfect sense here. Yeah. And and what's uh, there's another thing. Uh, Peter in and uh, in Sam Raimi Spider Man uh, references. Uh, yeah, I I wrote a paper I wrote a paper on. Uh, on Oscorp's nanotech prototypes, and it's like, really? You understood the yeah. material? It's like, yeah, it's really great material, yeah. and I, there's a lot of ways I feel like it might be able to improve, and he's like, we should have you work in the lab, and I'm like, yeah. that's what the whole first movie should have been about, yeah. is him working mm-hmm. in the lab yeah. and having his dual life yeah. with him, his job, and, and his, uh, his superheroing. And so... And, and in this film, you get, like, they're working together, mm-hmm. and he's like, you see, I, I never got to really, you know, I never really got a chance to be able to, like, do as much as I wanted, mm-hmm. but now I feel like being given the second chance, I can finally do. You get the second chances. Yeah, there's a ver- and there's a very good relationship between Peter and and um, and Norman here, as they're they're very much they get each other in yeah. this movie. Yeah, they kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. They, they vibe as good as good as yeah. um, Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe do in the first movie. Yeah, yeah, because it seems like just Norman just loves Peter no matter what universe he's in. Yeah, well, that's another thing too. Is at this point because before this, the villains kind of were unsure if this Spider-Man was even Peter Parker at all, at this point they've accepted, okay, this is a Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. But Nor- and Norman was like the first one to just out the gate accept it. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you're not the Aunt May that I know, but like, you're Aunt May. Yeah. Comes, and then it's like, younger than me. And it's like, your you're, name's NJ? Yeah. Mary, Mary Jane? No, Michelle Jones. And I'm like, yeah. I think that's the first time we've heard her say her full name it might be uh we we, we hear reference to michelle she's called she's called shallow michelle in the first film yeah. but you don't hear we called michelle jones you think it's like oh it's michelle jane no, i have to rewatch well, i think i think once, so. i think they said it once or twice i think they said it right somebody might have said it this but is, this is but it? they put I more of it they put this puts more of an onus she on did. this puts more of an onus on both otto and norman to understand like oh this is multiverse theory yeah, yeah exactly they they oh yeah it, they do mention it's like a oh, multiverse yeah, theory yeah oh no sorry that was the peters yeah, yeah. Uh, well i remember when i first well, when i saw this movie the first time i was mm-hmm. a little confused of of where the villains were in terms of like accepting they're in a new reality yeah the, the they, second time i realized by the time they reached this apartment They've accepted it because they they conversed and they talked to Peter as if that were the case. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and so you get this great this it's hilarious because Peter's like, look, 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 look Doctor Octavius, I'm gonna fix you, and he's like he's still controlling him, <laughs> and he's like getting him propped up and set up, and Otto's like, what are you doing? Don't yeah. mess with my device. You don't know how it works, and then. He, just, <laughs> yeah. he, he unplugs him and plugs him yeah, back he in. Does. And there's something and about fake out. It lasts just long enough for you to get worried. Just, just, enough, of, yeah. just enough of nothing. If you th- yeah. Or you think he's dead. You think he's dead. Yeah. And then he's fine. And he's fine. This, is the, he... this is the second <sighs> moment in the film where I teared up. Because like, it's been so long since I've had quiet. Yes. Yeah. The like, voices, they're gone. Oh my god. That's right. Because the, the fucking tentacles talk to him because he made yeah. it. AI psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, again, like this movie sort of acts as a sequel to those other movies too and it kind of explores the characters in ways that I, I know I wanted to see explored. It's a better Spider-Man yeah. 4 and a, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 3 than we ever really could get conceptually. Exactly. I, I totally agree. And, and, um, and like, and then as the rest of the villains are looking at watching this like, oh my god. He can do it. He can do it. Yep. Even Electro's like, 
Okay. Okay, yeah. man. All right. Well, and, all right Flint, I, and I think like Flint Marco's the most excited. He's like, I can finally go, home, go home and home. hug yeah. my daughter. So the one He's like, I want to hug my daughter. Yeah. Norman's mm-hmm. about it as well. Electro's a little yeah. abrasive. He, he, yeah, he's like, I don't ele- want to go back to ele- being a loser. Electro likes the power, but I think he's he recognizes that there's probably a little bit of instability because of the, yep. the excess electricity in his brain. Exactly. Because yeah. it's causing everything to fire off I, at the same time. He's at the point where someone can really influence him. And he's Which is great. Yeah. Because Funny you should he, say yeah. that. Because this leads into Norman and, and Otto have a conversation near the fabricator. And Otto picks up on something very subtle in there. And I'm like, this shows how intelligent mm-hmm. Otto Octavius has always been. But it's hampered because of the, the, control, the command and control system and the chip. Mm-hmm. He's like, Otto's like, it's going to be a great becoming me again. And it's like, Otto picks up on something very subtly. You can see it in sort of like the... No, because it's Otto who says it's going to be great to be yourself again. Yeah, he's going to be great no to more be yourself goblin. No yeah. more goblin. And you see this Norman stop for a brief a moment, yeah. and but Otto notices it and then walks out of the room. I think, we can, I think we can agree that's probably when the change happens. Probably, Which, yeah. no, we'll know. Oh. We know exactly when the oh, change happens. Oh, you're right, you're right. Because Norman walks out of that room... As like Peter, after Peter walks back in, crossing paths with Otto, and a, and Otto looks back at him. And he's like, "Something's go, something's yeah, off." There's an intense scene of Spidey sense. Might be the best Spidey oh, sense scene. Is, we haven't gotten yeah. there yet. We haven't gotten. So there. Peter, so Peter's, so, like, so Peter's like, "Okay, I think, I think we're finally being able to do this. I got the other two prototypes ready. Uh, once, once you're done, we can get the fabricator running." And then Peter walks out to the other room, and there's a brief discussion of like, "Hey." Um, well, what's going to happen once we go back is like, well, if we get you all cured, you guys won't die. Yep. And like, that's where Electra's at the point of like, he can be swayed either way. And then all of a sudden, hyper focus, like, snap zoom on, yeah, on, the arc on Peter, on, on the arc reactor. And then. He feels that energy. And then Peter hyper zooms on him with the spider sense as like Norman walks into the room mm-hmm. past him. And then you get this moment of like, Peter's like, where the fuck is that coming from? He's As he then, he's just you don't, you overwhelmed. Don't, it's like he's underwater. It's really interesting to see. And it's like, where the fuck Shock is that coming away. from? And then when it cuts to Peter, he, he just closes his yeah. eyes and relies on and instinct. And then Norman smiles, a wicked smile. Yes. You see it in the man. reflection of the window yeah. first, the, the balcony window. Yeah. And then as he looks around, you see... Willem Dafoe literally angle his head like the helmet is, and then like <laughs> that's, that's a neat spider a, sense yeah. of yours. Is such a problem. That sense of yours is such a pain. And yeah. then all, and then all hell breaks loose. As he's Electro- after, no, he he starts having. He all literally right. lays out the entirety of his context for being a villain in the first film, which isn't really highly discussed at all in the mm. film, mm-hmm. in the Sam, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, he's like, what is it to be normal? Yeah. Be like the rest of them? Yeah. We're gods. gods. Yeah. And we, Electro we, is hearing we this, can, and he's liking we, we what he's hearing. We and we yeah, get to yeah. decide like, above all, how the rest are treated. Yeah, like, above all, he is talking to Electro in that scene. And Because yeah. he, he, he knows, because the goblin has all of Norman's intelligence, but all the hyper-aggressiveness yeah. of a fucking it's, berserker. And it's all pretty tragic, because it's just Electro could have been pushed the other way. Mm-hmm. And, but, and this is where we get the true Green Goblin, because he's a manipulator, yes. he's mm-hmm. a hyper-intelligent supervillain, and most important of all, he plans and prepares. Because there's there's an explosion that happens that destroys the fabricator. The lizard after escapes Aunt, from after, the van. After Aunt May grabs the serum yeah. and that and has it ready because she's like she's working with Peter. She's like, oh, yeah, because Electra. Yeah, because Electra rips the the thing off of him. 
Aunt May at this point has has quickly sneaks in during the during the speech, grabs the the uh, the, the files. Then he says, Aunt May, run. She, then Electro goes over, grabs the arc reactor, straps Puts it to it his himself. chest, and then <laughs> zap blasts away Otto. I like the way yeah. you were before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though, of course, Otto's all right because that's what his tentacles are designed to keep him safe from. Yep. Well, the thing is is that you don't know that because he pops up behind Otto as he grabs the goblin. Oh, yeah. And he's, he zaps the chip and you're like, oh, fuck, he yep. just reset everything. But, and then Flint's like, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. He's and just then, like, I'm just going to go with whoever's in power. Yep. He's like, I'm just going to go where the wind blows. And then really? we get the best oh goblin God. fight scene ever. Yes. I, would, I, I think this is the best action scene in a Spider-Man movie. This is, this, is the, this is the all brawl, punch out, drag out fight I yep. wanted out of the Green Goblin and I Spider-Man. I think this is part, uh, earlier we talked about how this movie kind of feels a little bit like 80 Spider-Man. I think mm-hmm. this is a really this good This is example. where it flips. Yeah. This is like the Sinister Six yeah, the film that it, we should have five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's not a six there, villain in this. Well, there, there is coterie. There, there is, but there's a part two. Yeah. So, but also it's a quick, uh, quick set of context to a we. Um, so the Daily Planet at this point does drive in. J. Jonah Jameson sets up. And Lizard Man pops out of the truck, Man scares the off. shit out yeah. of everybody. Yeah. Starts climbing he's like the building like, like a fucking monster. And then you have Sandman pop out, fly away, Electro zooming around the building, escaping, running wild and experiencing this new power. Otto's like escaping while ragged because the tentacles are like, fuck, 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 get yep. away. And, and then the goblin just sucker punches, punches him through a wall. Through the wall. It's insane. And the... the moves on display here are amazing there's a point where uh peter puts his uh, he like jumps up in the air and then webs down and, and tr- uses the force to <laughs> kick because norman down he, he does his way floor. he does yeah, away because, with the spider finisher yeah, yeah because this is something that they were very transparent about they were taking mo- moves from the spider-man video game and incorporating it into peter's combat yeah, style because because peter has slowly yeah. over these films been developing the way of the spider yeah. and, and i feel point, like we're gonna get more of that in the next series of films i would love to see more of that and then yeah. Yeah. Then you see so wow, Peter Peter scene. kicks him through the floor, this and then Goblin Goblin before uh, before Peter's able to land punches, he grabs Peter by his legs, breaks him into the ground, oh God, stands up insane. above him, punch punch, yeah. punches him in the chest, breaking him through two more floors, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, the like Goblin's Peter, really strong. Like Peter tries to escape, the lizard catches him and yeah. throws him back, beats the crap out of him, throws him back in there. You're gonna go fight this yeah. fucking yeah. guy. <laughs> and then yeah, then he picks him up by the like, slams him, th- power bombs him through two. Stories. Insane. Oh, wait, no, he, we forgot the best part. Right before that, Sp- Peter jumps on, hooks his legs around Osborne's oh, neck, yeah. and beats the living and, shit. And, and, and he's smiling. Smile. He's smiling. It's bigger <laughs> every and hit. Boom. I, uh, Willem Dafoe did all his action scenes. Yeah, I know. He he's, he's he's always done his own his own actions. It's action so scenes great. What a scene. And and also as the fight's happening, uh, Norman's clothes are kind of getting teared up. Yeah, and, and he's becoming more and more. He's got like, like the armor under. Like a goblin from, and he looks like from the comic. That's exactly how he should have looked like in the yeah. first movie. So, like, you get this amazing fight scene. Then it gets to a, a crescendo point where Peter gets fucking thrown out the building. He barely catches himself when he hangs onto the side. Then all the spotlights are following him, and he's, like, crawling on the walls. Oh, that, and that's where the lizard comes in. Yes. Yeah. And then Peter then finds himself on the bottom floor after getting fucking booty blasted <laughs> by these five yes. villains fighting, and, uh... him, fighting him alone. <laughs> And you get this great scene where Aunt, Aunt, May, Aunt, is May, Aunt May is there and he's like, you got to get out of here. And yeah. 
He's like, no, we can, we can, we can, we can fix this. It's fine. You tried. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you don't understand. This is unsafe. And she's like, look, like you can still, tr- you can still fix this yep, because with great power comes, comes great responsibility. responsibility. Well, no, well, and then she said that, and in the theater, I knew. Well, this was no, this was. <laughs> you say that, and and I think we got the sequence backwards here. Because, like, it's, he, they crash down in the fight. Aunt May comes down oh, from the yeah. staircase. She's kind of watching them. She yeah, finds she, her opening. She takes out oh, the vial. No, right. She yeah. jumps him, hits him in the back of the it, neck, depresses yeah. the plunger. And it doesn't work. And then he calls the glider in. Yep. And it, oh, and, yeah, and that's she, right. And then it comes in, and she gets hit by it. And she's and she gets knocked over the side, and the goblin hops up on it. You get you see Willem Dafoe nah. just mount that mount that glider like he did in the first <laughs> film, and he's just like, "You should have chosen better, Peter." Yeah. He, you, you see him, boop, a pumpkin bomb yep. pops in his hand, and Peter's like, "Don't you do it?" And he's like, "He has a little shitty grin." Good luck with this. Yeah, throws it. it. There's an explosion. Peter tries, Peter to, tries to bat to it away. It. And then and explodes well, in he gets his it, but face. He, he doesn't get it in time. But then you get with great power comes great responsibility. Is no, that no, Peter? That's not the line. No, it is. It with is. great power, there must, must be, be great, great responsibility. Okay, correct, correct. I'm sorry. I just I am such a stickler for that. Part. <laughs> it's, part. The, it's the same thing, but it adds yeah. more onus because it's, it's five it's, times it's the problem. It's active language. Yeah. And then Peter. I, this is a really Fair cool enough. detail. Because Peter's concussed by the pumpkin bomb. Because Norman at this point has already fought Spider-Man and understands, oh, that Spider-Fence, i got to knock it out. Mm-hmm. i got to temporarily hobble him. Mm-hmm. So he's concussed. And Peter is then like, Aunt May, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, as, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm as, as then she's she tired. collapses. And then he's like, wait, Aunt May, what's going on? And then he's like, oh, fuck, there's blood. There's blood. And he's like, oh, man, no, 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 you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And she's like, yeah, it's okay, Peter. Then the cops ro- roll in. And Happy rolls in, too. Mm-hmm. And, and he kind of gives him a signal, like, you got to go. Run. Yeah. yeah. As, as before the, dies. As like, well, the, before that, because he, 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 he's, he's rolling up and sees the cops. He sees the SWAT team start rolling in. The cops start firing. He gets hit with a bullet as he's trying to call for help. The cops mm-hmm. don't fucking care. Spider-Man needs to be brought in. Yep. And then Happy rolls in, blocks them off, kind of gives a knowing look to Peter, like, just run. Mm-hmm. Though he's, he's he, very clearly heartbroken with by what he sees, too. And, yeah. and then he, he, he willingly gets arrested to give Peter time to escape. And holy shit. They, I, awesome. so I, I theorized in our first, I theorized before we went to see the movie. My, my whole fan thing was like, It'd be really cool if the spell fucks up and Uncle Ben is brought back to life. So you still have that scene. You mm-hmm. still have the scene because you have all this. You have all this like prop hint and subtext that Uncle Ben did die, but maybe like maybe in the same way that he has before, they just don't want to run through the rat- rigmarole of an origin story anymore. Mm-hmm. Or this, this was a big criticism to the previous two Spider-Man films Which... that people felt you needed to have that scene. Which... I didn't yeah. feel that way. I disagree yeah. with that sentiment as well. It's yeah. like. I, I I'm, I'm so yeah. I'm I'm fifty fifty on it because like the Amazing Spider-Man didn't repeat the same lines. I'm like that's a mistake. I mean, maybe he should have just I mean, said yeah. with great power instead of like you know when you have the ability. To when change, you have a responsibility to do a thing, you gotta go and do your thing. That's what their father said. You gotta do it. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Michael. Good actor. Sh- thanks, thanks, but, uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah, not 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 a great Ma- uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah, Michael Sheen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like. The fact that Marissa Tomei 
God, she did that really well. It was. I, I got. I, I'll be honest. I, I, I was, was the third. That was the third part of the yeah. movie where that's, I cried. That's where yeah. I started to tear. That's where. Yeah. That's where the tears yeah. came for me. That was the yeah. first one. It, it was, was like, oh my god. Because I didn't. I mean, it's so. It's so smart from a writing perspective to to have Aunt May do this. Because first of all, we've known her for for two and a half movies at this point. Yeah. And and like you feel it, you know, and it, it, it hurts more than uh, watching Uncle Ben hurt die. It hurts because you sad. have two. You have yeah. three movies. Almost three full movies of development with her. Yeah, and, yeah, and she, she is does. a very strongly adapted character. And here. She, she imparts this this integral lesson. She's it's not the, only important to Spider Man, but it's important to people who are fans of Spider Man too. And mm-hmm. she's also she's also Peter's moral compass, mm-hmm. and like all the other young characters in these movies, moral compass. It also hurts more because we know that now now he's really alone. Mm-hmm. You know, now he has... we end at we end Act Four. Because Act Four is them in the apartment. Act, act Three. Act, no, Act Three. Act, I'd say this is Act the Three. Next one is Act. Yeah, Act Three. Yeah. We end Act Three with Aunt May dying in Spider-Man's and, arms. And Peter at his lowest point. This is like I think the lowest we've seen any Spider-Man. Yes. I think this is the Across lowest. Across the mediums, he's lost pretty much everything. I'd argue this, this is the first, this is the lowest we've seen any MCU hero. Yeah, I don't. I, because I agree like, with that. well, well. Let me think for a second. Let's so, see. yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I agree. agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, 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 because what have we? What how? What has MC, the MCU set up as precedence for consequence? Iron Man three, you don't let people write that fucking movie. <laughs> you, you, were, you ruined your best chance yeah. at the Mandarin at that point in time. Yeah, that was a by miscasting. Yeah. But you still had a consequence film, but not as well done, and it wasn't yeah. truly the lowest for Tony Stark because he still had his mind. I, I would then say Infinity a... War was the lowest for Tony Stark. Which which can be argued, but because of how Endgame. comic books work, okay. but well, Sorry. because this is where we actually see the consequences of all the actions leading yeah. up to that. All the, all, all of his yeah. missed opportunities to actually change the direction of where things were going, but like he, but because of the way comic books work and how comic book films work specifically, and how the MCU was like, we're going to be more like the comic books from here on out after Avengers Two, uh, Age of Ultron. Um, they're like, we have to we have to show that there is weight. To consequence, so like Civil War had the Sokovia Accords, and you yep. had this division of the heroes. You then had Infinity War, where we did not, we could not stop a god mm-hmm. or someone trying to play God. And then what is essentially a god? I mean, he's technically an eternal. Yeah, he's a, he's an eternal. He's <laughs> that, that still raises so many questions about why the Eternals Shh. didn't fight him. We, we, we're, we, 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 I think all three of us should watch that film together and then record an episode about that because yes. that's, that's I've seen it. We, I watched it with my mom uh, during the snowstorm. I, I, I want to watch really it with been. both of you so that way we can just immediate fresh lots afterwards. Okay. I have words. So every every MCU hero in this in this movie universe has had a low point but not their lowest because yeah. we didn't get Captain America long enough to have his truest lo- true lowest point because because Steve okay. Rogers is the he, optimist he's had he, they've all had low points but I see what you're saying we, haven't, saying hit Peter, we Peter, haven't seen them hit emotional yeah. rock bottom yes. and Peter, and, get lower and yes. Peter Parker in the MCU has yet to have that and this was the perfect opportunity in a film where so many people have questioned whether or not Tom Holland is returning mm. to the role to have this impact and it, it, at such so a emotional. crucial moment in the and film. And everything up mm-hmm. to this movie has been expertly written, but it's also been kind of lacking in pathos. And here this is it where basically this injects is just, 
all of all it. All pathos. Yeah. It's not even just injecting all of it. it you, you, you don't realize you've been on a slow drip the whole time. Exactly, yeah. Because, because suddenly everything else who's been makes driving, sense. Who's been driving yeah. Peter's logos at this point? It's been Stephen Strange. Yeah. But then the, the pathos is reintroduced because Peter's like, it's not my problem. Yeah. And then Aunt May's like, yes, it it's is. your it responsibility is your to try. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, you're right. And Peter slowly realizes that with the audience like, Peter's gonna try. He yeah. has to. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. He's Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man doesn't kill. Yep. He doesn't. He doesn't give up. He's gonna do what he He's can. Always gonna try to find Peter the best Parker, in everyone. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker is an optimist to his detriment. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And this is where it doesn't pay off. Yeah. This. Yeah. He. He's gotta pay. He. He has to. He has to suffer the consequences of his actions. Yeah. And that comes at the cost of Aunt May. And it's such. It's. They He's really beautiful. Go you, it's, it, it is. You, it's, it's tragic and sad, but you're right. It, but it's, it's it's also just everything that you could ask for in that film, in that scene, in that moment. So you just, because again, yeah, Peter hasn't really been hit too hard with with emotional or personal deep hitting consequences in these films up until you know he's had his social life hurt pretty much taken away throughout the films. Yep. He's had and then. That he's was hurt the, his friends. Yes, yeah. he's brought them into all sorts of danger. Yeah. Then he died. Yeah. Then he came back, <laughs> and then, but all that really was surface level or not too terrible. Like very clearly, Peter's still clearly traumatized. I'm not going to say he wasn't by uh, the events of, of Infinity War, but it's still, it didn't get him as badly as this one does. The one stable influences in, in his entire he. It's a one-two punch. Just a, what this movie takes what place what two three years after. After Endgame, like, like that, yeah. he loses his his paternal influence in his life in yeah. Tony Stark. It actually happens after it's like one year, because this happens. These are the events directly after oh, Far From Home. No, this is two years then. Because well, technically within the second year because of a senior year, but like the timeline of the MCU is a little wacky. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's about from what I understand, it takes place after Endgame. It's about. A year and a half to two yeah. years. Yes, from what I understand, it end of the takes... film, two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, so, but so he's still rather recently lost his father figure in Tony Stark, his yeah. newfound father figure. I mean, this is a man who's lost his parents. He's lost his uh, figurative father in Uncle Ben. Another figurative father in, in Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. And Stephen then... Strange avoided the fuck out of yeah, that. He's <laughs> yeah, he totally <laughs> said, "Miss me with that shit." And then <laughs> he just, and then because of the consequences of his own actions. Because he decided to take the hard, pa- the hard path, he's lost Aunt May. And so he's left with... He still has his friends, but he's even hurt them. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he is at the most rock bottom yeah. any character in and, the MCU has ever been. just as importantly, the Green Goblin knows where they are. Yeah. He, he's probably terrified for their safety as well. He's, he did not. He got. He got outplayed in a game of chess. He didn't know he was a part of mm-hmm. by something by a threat. He did not realize was there until it was too late, because yeah. of losing focus of what, like where who these people are in other realities. Mm-hmm. These are villains. These are threats. These are people who knew who Spider Man was. They obviously know how yeah. to hurt him. It's it's also like you know Vulture and Mysterio were big threats, but. They weren't Green Goblin, and they yeah. weren't. This is and, and above and, all, they weren't. There was nothing personal. Yeah. They didn't actually have anything. Like both of them make it very clear they don't have anything against Spider Man. They Not don't really. have anything against Peter. Fucking yeah. Vulture goes. 
goes up to who's going to be the future Scorpion in the MCU and is like, if I knew who he was, I would have killed him myself. Yeah. He protects Peter because yeah. he's just a fucking kid. Yeah, yeah. and also... Fucking, fucking Mysterio's like, you're just a kid. You don't understand the way the world works, but mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Tony yeah. Stark was an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, you know, he... Both of them give Peter that out. You know, Mysterio pretty much just manipulates him and then he's perfectly content to just leave him. Yep. And meanwhile, and then... What ha- and then uh, Vulture, he clearly gives him an explicit out, you know, saying, "Just enjoy a night at the dance, kid. Yeah. Make, give my make give my me. give my daughter a good time, and we'll forget we had this conversation." Yeah, right? but this uh, is the first uh, time a villain has made it personal, who has personally wanted to just go in and fuck his day, drag out his life. All he- he kills the most important person in his life. And, you know, there's something Norman says before where Peter says something like, you don't know me. And Norman says, but don't I? But don't I? Yeah. To, yep. Because he does. He knows Spider-Man. He, and, and, he, and it's not even, like, Norman saying he does. Yeah. It's the Goblin. It's the Goblin. Which yeah. is almost like, it's, yeah. like, to sort of reference back to episode one of the podcast, yeah. it's like the Green Goblin has, like, this multiverse super sanity where he knows exactly who yep. he's dealing with yep. every at every yep. moment mm-hmm. every day. No matter how different the Spider Man is, no for matter, the most part, no matter no matter the same person, yeah. it's the same personality. It's the same yep. sort of mm-hmm. wants, hopes, and dreams, and he knows how to take he's, it away. It. The cunning warrior does not strike yeah. at the body or the mind. Yeah. The heart, the heart, Os- yeah. heart Osborne. First, you attack his heart, and he didn't just first attack it. He snuck into it oh and fucking gutted it. Yeah. Like, oh That's kind of what I was saying uh, near the beginning of this podcast. Green Goblin is, is... He's not really, but if there were a main villain to this movie, it'd be him. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say he, he is the main villain. He is the, yeah. main, he is the main villain of the film. The an antagonist, a side antagonist of this movie is Doctor Strange, but the true, like, the true antagonist of this film is Peter's lack of consequences at, up to this point. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I would say as well. Yeah. Because yeah. this is where... Everything gets laid out on the table. Peter's at his gets gets brought to his lowest point and sees that there is no way out for him it, except it, for killing him. It's again really great writing here. It makes perfect sense to make Goblin the the big one because mm-hmm. he's first of all he's commonly referred to as Peter's arch enemy. There's some debate yeah. I'd among say, that him or Doc Ock. I say I, I say, say honestly he wins that wins that if only just because of how dedicated he he has always been in the comics to fucking over his life. Remember the Clone Saga is his fault. Yeah. <laughs> It was so I like. Oh, well, really, it was the editor's fault, but you know. And also, here's <coughs> the reason why Mayday Parker was a miscarriage. So and also, sins past. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so like, Norman Osborn for me, the Green Goblin has always been Peter's first, like first, like first character arc's main villain. Sure, he is the one that defines Peter Parker and who he is, which is why I argue. Green Goblin doesn't become a true villain until he kill until he incidentally kills Gwen Stacy. Yeah, because that's something he, Green Goblin does is he takes an important, usually a woman, away from Peter. Usually it's Gwen, but here in this in the MCU it's Aunt May. Mm-hmm. And so you get like Peter can't save everybody, and this is the first instance where he realizes like I can't save everybody. Mm-hmm. And in the comic books in the seventies, it was you killed the woman I loved, and that was mm-hmm. Gwen Stacy. Yeah. And then in here, it's you killed the only person that still truly cared about me that I had left. Yep. That was family. And, and that's like another someone big... Someone who could take care of And me. that's another big thing about this is that like this is a, this film also has another underly, uh, like underlying uh, line of subtext is like what is f- what like family? Because like there's no Avengers in this film. 
No. Like, Stephen Strange is, like, Sir at this point. Yeah. And, like, trapped in the mirror dimension. And, like... Peter really only has himself, which is ironic, because of what happens later. Yeah. So, like, I really don't want to go part two on this, but, like, I definitely get the, the, the like, act four in and of itself as a podcast, as well as I tying think, up all these loose ends. I think there's enough to talk about at the, at the, the last... Um, act. act of this mm-hmm. movie that we could we I probably won't be this long, but there's definitely it a might, It'll still I, be this long. I, I, I argue, <laughs> I argue it'd be this long. We're, we're I, well over the to two even hour t- mark. To even talk about it, we have to talk about pretty much every other yeah, Spider-Man we, movie. Because we have to talk mm-hmm. about their character arcs, their decisions, yeah. the films that went. So I guess into we're gonna go. I guess we're just gonna go for it. Spoiler alerts: If you hadn't already known at this point, you will <laughs> now know. All five of you who watch this, watch and listen to this podcast, <laughs> Ryan, you already you are, Ryan, you already know. I already told you. Yeah. The uh, the other two Spider Men are in this fucking film. They are, and they become important integral factors to Peter's character moving forward in this it's c- actually, cinematic universe. There's a version of this movie where only one of them shows up, and it works just fine. But the, I love that they got mm. them both. I am very happy about that. Yeah. So, so I tune in so next time. So, I have a lot uh, so to say. I'd say at this point, some closing thoughts for uh, for a prelude, Act One through Three. The, you go first. Um, it's kind of hard to wrap up how I feel about this movie without talking about the latter half, but this is what I'll say. Everything up until this point, when I was in the theater, I, I was glued to the screen. I think every decision made creatively, uh, from the actors to the writers to the director, is fantastic. It was, it was nearly perfect. There's a hiccup or two, but I gotta tell you. I glossed right over it because I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. It, everything was done so well. Electro is being is is fantastic. Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, is the best he's ever been. Better than he was in the movie he was in. Doc Ock is just as great as he was in Spider Man Two. Even even the lizard being played for laughs works better. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, and and Sandman doesn't get his due as much as the other characters, but they get him right. They and more importantly. This movie feels like it understands Spider-Man and Peter Parker in a way that every other Spider-Man movie kind of didn't. <coughs> About as well as Green Goblin does in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'll have more to say in part two because there's more Spider-Men to talk about. Oh, yeah. But um, I think uh, up until this point, um, wow. And what a gut punch Aunt May's mm. death was. Yeah, that Yeah, that, that killed yeah. me. Yeah. That, like, that, oh, that killed my, like. When I looked at my... I guess I'll go next if that's what I mean. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll say this. So my experience of this is all was also experienced through, through, by watching it through the eyes of my mother. My mom... That's interesting. To quick... Yeah. To quickly summarize my mom's experience with Spider-Man, she's, like, been a lifelong Spider-Man fan. She read the she read the Lee Ditko run as a kid. Wow. And so Damn. to see her re- reacting and watching this alongside her was a, was a trip, just watching the hero get really teary-eyed about this film and this film was an emotional roller coaster from from beginning to this point it very clearly understands both the source material and the two films that it's direct directly building off of yeah which are pretty different from each other oh yeah and this film is different really different from those ones yes it is this is different from every other mcu film that's come out to date Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that, again, this film was perfectly directed, perfectly shot up to this point. Very well, un- very clearly acted. Bringing back who they brought back was a very excellent choice. And 
it just kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like, yeah, I totally agree. It, you know, it, it has a very nice misdirection. You think it's going to be kind of a standard Spider-Man type film where it's just him and a group of villains. But then the movie truly becomes uh, here in that moment, moment, in that yeah. twist, in yeah. that fight scene. So the it just it elevates itself. Yeah, it elevates itself so much above just what the MCU has been to this point. Yeah, I think so. This, this movie arguably to again quote Mike Sacasa in Red Letter, from his Red Letter Media review of The Blob from <laughs> the 80s and 90s, uh, this movie about every every 10 minutes refreshes itself with something new in the yep. script. Mm-hmm. So I guess to get into my part of it, my closing thoughts with this is that like at this point in the film, we've already gone well beyond what every other MCU film has done when and with a four-act four structure. Mm-hmm. Which I think there's only been maybe a few I can immediately think of. Like I know Iron Endgame Man, for sure. Endgame for sure. Infinity War, arguably, as well. Probably. Yeah, I'd um, say Infinity War Iron Man War 3, so. I think, was the first. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Age of Ultron was more of an act, a short act one, a very, very protracted hard, yeah. act two, and a very messy, messy that movie. act messy three. Script. Very, very Fuck you, I mean, Joss Whedon. Civil War um, was, I would say, would kind of fall into this one as well. I can see that. I think it, I think it falls kind under... Kind of a shorter I, act one. I think, it, I, th- th- I think it follows more of a... It's a short act one, a really good act two, an excellent act three, and then a, a epilogue. Okay. I can, yeah, I, sure. Because I can it, leads into, yeah. it leads into the film... There's really no objectively after. saying, so I can yeah. see why you'd say that. Yeah, it all depends on how you want to divide it. Yeah. But, like... I, I 100% agree with you on every single point that you've made, Alec. I 100% agree with you, Elijah. Like, there's not a whole lot I can say more in regards to, like, the choice, like, bringing back these actors, bringing back these characters, literally going to such a detail as to bring back relationships and references from films that are already long past and, like, beloved. Things I didn't even point. notice, which, like, that blows my mind. I'm a big nerd, you guys. You if don't I, say. Yeah, if I didn't notice this stuff, then they paid more attention than I would have, which is amazing. Also, I just, since we got brought up in this podcast, the Electro thing, it also shows up during the apartment scene. Oh, right, right. His mask is made up in electricity around his head whenever his power really? flares up. Yeah, like, it's literally just lightning <laughs> bolt mat. The first that makes thing. me really happy. Because it, like it looks like the electro bolts, but more importantly, it's sort of like an indicator of what level his power is at. Right, yeah. Because yeah. the more really defined the mass. Si- it's, that's it's, so it's cool. It's a really good sight thing. Because, like, it's not there all the time, but it's there when he's just like, all right, motherfucker, you're about to go over, you're about to hit dial 11 here. So, like... I'm going to go home and see if I can't find that scene, because I I really want to see that. This movie, up to this point, has done everything right and more, but even more so, it's brought... It's brought Spider-Man, the Spider-Man film, into a tragedy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, up to this point, it's been, like... Up to that, up to the point where the Green Goblin reveals himself... It's been your standard standard uh, Spider-Man film, mm-hmm. like the previous two, but because of the Green Goblin coming in, swinging towards the end of the film and being like, no, motherfucker, this is my movie. <laughs> yeah. It, elevates, yeah. it elevates this film to such a degree where it's like, where else have we had a true comic book tragedy beyond seeing... Batman v Superman get ruined and Justice, <laughs> Joss Whedon's Justice League be a fucking travesty. Well, or Iron Man 3 really not being treated think, as well as it should have been. I, I think there have been. Or The Incredible Hulk not having I, a sequel. I think there have been. I, you could argue Infinity War and you could argue um, 
uh, Amazing Spider-Man two for multiple reasons. But but, but the <laughs> but the but it tried. But, it just, it but interestingly a, enough, a I feel like this mirrors our episode one topic very well. Yeah. Infinity War and Endgame were event films. These were yeah. things that were built up because Avengers yeah. were all were mm-hmm. the first Avengers was the first attempt at an ensemble cast film. It sold itself on hey, look at these two mm-hmm. superheroes interact with each other. That was and, a novel thing. And then and then it was like oh shit, have this yeah. entire classic hero hero, mm-hmm. hero team fight a classic villain from their first issue run. Yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, this... and like they just escalated and like literally everyone asked, where do you go from Endgame? And I think what you do is you literally, much like comic books do, you reset everything and you make them, you ma- you start out with more personal stories like mm-hmm. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, arguably the Incredible Hulk, um, Thor, uh, Captain America, and then you go into the bi- you go into your big ensemble film with Avengers. Because mm-hmm. the buildup for, from those movies and the intercutting and the interplay between those films, even though Incred- Incredible Hulk isn't considered canon, technically it's anymore it's canon. it's canon by context it's sort of like how the netflix shows are canon are, by implication are canon by implication but yeah. not by dialogue right that it all makes sense and between like wandavision uh falcon and the soldier hawkeye loki as much as people like may have like their issues with those that's a whole nother podcast they're all they're all personal stories, and people needed those series to transition themselves to. We missed out on a really good Black Widow film when Black Widow mattered. Mm-hmm. We we got Shang Chi, which means that eventually we could see a better Iron Fist film because Marvel can now do a Kung Fu film. But with Spider Man, No Way Home, yes. we now know the MCU can do a tragedy. Because mm-hmm. I don't consider Eternals a tragedy; I consider that prelude, pre- t- pretext and prelude to something bigger. You're right. I, I call it a travesty. you're right um but like the mcu like these fucking writers wrote a shakespearean tragedy into a comic book film and they made they arguably did arguably they did a better job at this than what the russo brothers did with infinity war and endgame and i'm gonna say that as a controversial statement I, that is a controversial statement. I mean, I'm I just because I love the disagree. Russo. I love the Russo brothers. I <laughs> can't strongly disagree with what you've said. I think. I, I, I think a part of me wants to, just but, because it's like, how dare you say the yeah. writing is not as yeah. good, not as like better but, than I mean, if Infinity I want to end war. I mean, if I just want to uh, start a quick flame war. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna for say all that, five like, people that watch this podcast and don't interact with each other. No, they they three of them interact with each other. Well, Jesus Christ! All right, <laughs> they, they interact with me too. All right, go ahead, fight, fight, fight. You're the one that's gonna get all the flack here. Endgame, <clears throat> emotional payoffs, great. Not that strong a script. Wow. Wow. Honestly, that's kind of. That's I kind guess of... you want to sit here for another hour and argue. <laughs> so, so I, that's that's a nice pod. That's a podcast after Spider Man. Oh, we're gonna make that camera. I thought we we're gonna do D and D five point five. Okay, so it's gonna be one of our podcasts we'll, after we'll, Spider Man. We'll, because that at this be point, an interesting podcast. Because at this point, we've had um, comic books, news, uh, news roundup, comic books. We need to keep the pattern going. We'll argue going about the break. Last Jedi one, and then we'll <laughs> argue about Endgame, and then when yeah. we're done being friends, we'll come back together. We'll, we'll come back together for our ensemble film. <laughs> for the we'll, 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 we'll fight the flame yeah. war ourselves. I'll have the so Captain America I'll, shield. They'll yeah. give it to you like Tony does yeah. in Endgame. No, I'll just be... And I'm just... Apparently, this makes me the Am Iron Man more. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm fat <laughs> Thor in this. <laughs> no! Oh God no. damn it. Oh no! Oh, I'm no. sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Uh, Actual Thor, because yeah. it's okay to be fat like a bodybuilder. Fuck yeah. all of all so, of you that judge the next God of War. Say, to say what I, know, I will, right? Well, that was a crazy yeah. controversy. We are so off of Spider-Man So to right say now. what I will, to say one thing that I think this movie gets above all else. Mega is just this one quote that I've kind of lived by whenever I've approached a script and the idea of stakes. Make it big, make it small, make us laugh, make us cry, but above all else, make us care. Yes. And this movie did it. This movie continues to do it. We we're going to care even more on the next episode. Sounds great. But more importantly, that steak needs to be medium rare. <laughs> but also, medium. good fucking clear concise script great script yes yeah. so um i think i think this is a really good point to like pause it as much as i want to go another four hours yes, um we could we could really easily <laughs> but, but i have a date tomorrow you have a date tomorrow i gotta go to bed so so i say we're an hour over we, no, with all bad. with all of that being said maybe two almost we're we're two, we're close to the two and a half hour mark I'm trying to get this outro out, Alex. Oh, sorry. sorry. It's okay. I know you've forgotten how the <laughs> yeah. process is that we've yet to develop. But we don't have a process. We're almost there. That's the distracted part. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, this has been a distracted podcast. Peace. Good night, everybody.